are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And I want to apologize for last week having to bail quickly, but... Um, you know, I record my show in my little studio in my basement, which is a great little place to do it, um, with the exception of at certain times in the winter, it gets very cold, and when it gets really cold, um, it gets really cold down here. Most of the winter, it's not that much of a problem, but there's always a uh, uh, a couple of weeks where it's a, it's real miserable, so this week is another one, um, so if it ends up being a shorter episode, but I am bundled up, I've got my space heater on, which doesn't do a whole hell of a lot, but I'm wearing a coat. And I've got a cup of <laughs> hot beverage here. Um, I let me talk about my beverage. So we haven't done like beers because I got to eat my. Uh, I'm going to eat my food while you're doing that. Uh, we haven't talked about beers the week in a while. So my favorite beer of all time. Period. End. No questions. No. And I say beer because although whiskey is my my is my home, whiskey is where my heart is. My favorite beer of all time is Brooklyn Brown Ale. So. Uh, you know, I've been to the Brooklyn Brewery, allegedly. I'm, I'm told I was there. I don't really remember. I remember going, but I don't remember leaving. <laughs> um, anyway, so a few years, you know, I used to always go to the store, buy a whole bunch of Brooklyn Brown Ale, bring it home, and it was always in my fridge. Well, one day I noticed, I'm like, huh, it's sold out. Well, it must be, you know, must have just run out or whatever. And it was sold out for a really long time. And, and I was really annoyed because I'm like, I just want, I, know, I went to like 10 different beer stores. Every beer store I went to, I went for it. And finally, I emailed Brooklyn Brewery, and I'm like, hey, you know, I haven't been able to find brown ale. Are you guys still making it? And they emailed me back, and like, we're no longer bottling Brooklyn brown ale, but it's available at our brewery. And I was like, okay, well, you're dead to me now. Um, look, Brooklyn lager's okay. It's a, you know, it's a decent lager. It's better than, you know, it's better than, like, you know, whatever supermarket beer you get, whatever. Um but, you know, they basically, when I went to the store, all I could find, Brooklyn's one of those breweries that said, oh, hey, IPA, let's make everything IPA. Um, and I like darker brown beers. I don't like hoppy yellow beers. Like, I don't look beer, I don't like my beer to look like pee. I like my beer to look like coffee. Um, so anyways, I went to the, I, you know, I was in a beer store the other day and I'm just, you know, I, I was actually in a grocery store that had one of those like liquor stores attached to it, you know? So yeah. I'm waiting for, you know, I'm just I'm just wandering around picking up some things. And I was like, oh, I'll go check out and see what they have. Well, lo and behold, I look over and I see a familiar label. And I was like, no, it couldn't be. Sure enough, Brooklyn Brown Ale is now a seasonal beverage. And believe me when I say I bought everything. Uh, my whole fridge right now is Brooklyn Brown Ale. And uh, cheers That's to y'all because yeah. I am going to be drinking some Brooklyn Brown tonight. I am. Um, so first of all, like. I, I'm I'm also I not like, sponsored by Brooklyn Brewery. I like beer across the board for the most part. I've had some nasty beers in my life. Mostly IPAs. But, but well, and, and I'm trying to think. No, I mean I've, I've had some IPAs where I'm like I not not for me. I no, I've definitely had some IPAs that I didn't like. They were they were beyond hoppy. Um and I've had some beer that was just straight up nasty. Generally speaking, where you're a whiskey guy, I'm a beer. I'm a beer guy, and you know I've had beer across the across the spectrum, and you know I like 
some of all of them, you know? I like... I, I like them lighter, darker, whatever. Um, my... But again, for me, that that's more of a... It depends on, you know, where I'm at or, you know, what the what, what time of year it is or whatever. But that being said, I rarely drink any of that stuff. Um, like if I am traveling or I'm somewhere, you know, where they have some cool beers on tap or maybe they're local or whatever. I mean, that's cool. Like I, I like that sort of thing. Um, but I am just as happy with a regular beer when I... Um, if I go to a bar and they have Yingling on tap, I, I often get Yingling because it's, you know, it's a, it, it's a lager. I mean, it's a, I had a Yingling after hockey, but one of the guys I was playing with was like, Hey, you want a beer? And I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, wait a minute. What do you have? And he goes, Yingling. I was like, ah, throw me one. <laughs> I, I like Yingling, you know, yeah, it's, it's, right. a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty run of the mill beer, you know, it's a run of the mill beer, but again, it's a, because it's a lighter lager, um, it's the type of beer that just kind of works, right? Awesome. Um, but you know, my go-to, my favorite is Genesee cream ale. That's my absolute favorite beer. Um, <clears throat> not, not, not other Genesee. I'm, I'm with you, like with Brooklyn, with, with the Brooklyn Brown, like, the other Genesee beer to me, like, I'll drink it, but it just, to me, it just tastes like obnoxiously cheap beer. It just, like, tastes like drinking a PBR or something, which I'm not above. I mean, whatever. I'll drink PBR, but it just, but Genesee Cream Ale to me is like that, it, one of those just, it's a masterpiece of a beer. And interestingly enough, like, it was, it was huge in the 70s. Um, like, it won awards. Like, it, it was, it was like the equivalent of today's, like, microbrew back in the 70s. Um, which is why, you know, there's that saying where everyone has a crazy, un everyone has a crazy uncle who drinks it. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's my favorite. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to get, um, outside of upstate New York, you know, I know when I go back home to Erie, Pennsylvania, if I get a case of beer, they always have it. Um, though I don't normally get a case of beer cause the bars are so cheap. Um, for you, you know, case of beer, you know, it's just, it's just, Hey, um, it's just how that works. Oh, I, I need uh, to get one of these. A Seagram Seven hat. Yeah, I mean, look, yes. I, I'm 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 split though because look, I I've always been a Jack Daniels guy, but I've just been like in a Seagram's mood. Like you ever you ever you know you like you say you switch beers, like you know when, when like yeah. all summer long I or what it used to be was for me all winter I would drink Molson or Labatt because it's hockey season. I feel like I need to be drinking you know Canadian beer whatever. And then in the summertime, I'd switch to either Miller Lighter or Coors Banquet. Would, you know, I, my mood would change. Like whiskey, I've just been like, I've, I've, I used to, you know, Jack Daniels and me go way back. But so, so does Seagram Seven. Why? Mostly because uh, I was actually reading about Diamond. You know why a Black Tooth Grin was at least this is allegedly the case. You know why a Black Tooth Grin was was originally made with Seagram Seven? Because they had it. Because it was cheap. Yeah. Because, you know, Seagram 7, you go and get a handle for 20 bucks. A handle of Jack Daniels is like 45 So, yeah. so uh, you know, but I, and that's got nothing to do with it. I, I don't care about, like, you know, paying for it. But, um, you know, I, anyway, so I, I don't know. I've just been in a Seagram's mood lately, and I'm making a new battle vest, and I'm really excited about it because uh, I've, uh, I've, I've, first of all, I've discovered I, I love making battle vests. And the reason, like, why is because they're actually fun to make. They're, 
dude, there's nothing more cool. I, I, I got a really, really nice set of headphones recently. They're open back headphones, which for those for those of you who don't, aren't like I've, I've never been into headphones, so to speak. But uh, the, the pair I got, it's not like the top dollar, most expensive pair, but it's a nice pair. And supposedly what open back does is it, it more mimics like a stereo, meaning like because there's no back on the headphones, a speaker can breathe. So when you're listening to it, it sounds like you're listening to sp- like on a stereo instead of having like, you know, speakers strapped to your head like a headphone is uh, like a closed back headphone sounds. Um, and it's called like they, they call it the sound stage. What effect, effectively that means is it, it helps to make instruments feel like you're actually like a stereo does. It helps to make you feel like you're in the room with instruments as opposed to like having it piped directly into your ears. I, I, I'm going off on a tangent here, but the point is, dude, I love like I, I have like a, I have my record players in my basement and my den is right next to my basement. So I literally run a super long headphone cable from my receiver and sit there with my headphones and I just so patches on my vest and it's like the coolest thing ever because i'm sitting there like listening to awesome records and just you know sewing awesome patches on and um anyways i was just gonna say i have a jack daniels patch on my other battle vest so i was thinking about trying to find a seagram 7 one if i can and i did find one but i have to see if i can find one that's not like 300 dollars because it's some like collector's souvenir thing i need to now see i need to make a new battle vest because yours weighs 85 pounds mine weighs like 85 pounds and it's so because it, it, i put so many studs on it that it's obnoxious to try to wear it so and what the hell it gives me something to do i'm just gonna you know take all take just it's not worth it to try to take the studs off it i'm just gonna get a new one take the patches off re put them on there gives me something to do and gives me an opportunity to you know buy some new patches but i have a i have a record queue i have a pretty big record queue now meaning when i and you do the same thing when i when i go out and buy new records um they they don't get alphabetized in my record shelf until they're listened to me too and i don't listen to anything now i'm not saying i only listen to my queue because if i want to listen to something i come downstairs and listen to it you know I want to come down and, you know, listen to a Iron Maiden album. I put it on. But the queue has to, you know what I mean? Like, I can't listen to any of the other new stuff. It's got to be listened to in the queue. I try to keep it kind of in the order I bought it, that sort of thing. Just so it's a, a way to make sure stuff doesn't just sit there. Because I always say, like, if I'm buying a record, I'm buying a record to listen to. So I, I keep that. I'm the same um, way. And the, and the reason I do it is much similar to you. I know that. It, first of all, it's two things for me, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. First of all, it stops me from listening to the same record over and over and over and over again. Um, and second of all, you're right. If I left stuff in the queue, I would buy a record saying, "Ooh, I really want to listen to this." And it's it's like, uh, you ever see? You've seen that meme, and I'm, I'm gonna ask our listeners. You ever see that meme where it's like the guy and he's holding hands with the girl, and he's looking at the other girl behind him, like, "Ooh, yeah. you know," and the girl the girl he's holding hands with looks pissed off. Uh-huh. I made one that said. You know, well, that's, me, just, that's just true anyway. Well, right. Fair. But, you know, I, I made a, I made one that, you know, the guy is me. And I said the 50 records in my queue. And then uh, the guy, he, the girl he's like whistling at and checking out is a new record because that's what would happen. I'd listen to what I just bought and I and I'd keep doing that. And I'd never listen to like my queue. So you're right. Like I put everything in a queue. And, you know, sometimes I go into my library, you know, I, I mean, I, I have like 1500 well, records, so it's like you, you listen to your stupid. library when there's something in there you want to listen to. Right. But well, and I'll tell you a problem that I have. 
is I always buy records with the intention to listen to them, right? Meaning, I, I just don't buy record for to. I don't buy records just to own them. If I'm not going to listen to them, uh, look, we've talked about. Sometimes you're a record or two away from a discography, and it bothers you to not get it. Okay, I'm with you, right? As long as the price is within reason. Um, but you know, like I said, when I go out on record store day, there's which I haven't done in a while. There's always people that are just there to get the albums that are super limited that they know are going to be worth something. Like, dude, I don't give a damn. If I don't want to listen to it, I don't want to listen to it. So, but yeah, dude, I'm like, if I want to listen to Triumph, I'm, I don't know why I picked Triumph, but we're going to go with this. <laughs> if I want to listen to Triumph, I come downstairs and I put Triumph on, and that's totally fine. But there's another reason for my cue, and here's, the, here's it. When I buy new records... Like, whatever. I buy a new record, I always want to listen to the new record. Meaning, new release. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, when a new release comes out, uh, for example, the new Borknagar, it's delayed, whatever. But when I get the new Borknagar, I really want to listen to it because I've literally never heard it. Yeah, It's a new too. album. I want to drop the needle on it. So that's never a problem. You know, it's never a problem because regardless of any cue, I get a new record and I want to listen to it. Me too, yeah. But the other big reason to have that cue and to leave it that way is because of how many times you go to the record store and you pick up an album in the middle or so. You just pick up a record, right, where you're like, oh, this is a, this is one of their albums I don't own. Sometimes you you you, you get a record just to fill or, or just because you're like, oh, I like that, you know, oh, that's two bucks and I like that song. Well, if I don't play it now, it could very well get thrown in my thrown in my collection and never played. No, that I'll forget I own it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It could, it'll just never get played. And, you know, like I recently finally got Dancing Undercover by Rat on vinyl. Why did I not have it? I just didn't have it. I have it on cassette and I have it on CD. It's just it's one of those things where I... I I'm not saying I don't buy vinyl online because I do, but most of the vinyl I buy online are like new releases. I get them from Amazon or whatever, or specific things like I really am looking for, and that's where I get it. What I don't buy are just regular albums that aren't expensive that are just part of a collection. You know, I have, you know, I have, um, out of the cellar, I have Invasion of Your Privacy, which is my favorite one. I've had I, those things for I've had those forever. I just bought um, Reach for the Sky for exactly the reason you're well, describing. And it was right. because it had two of my favorite rat songs on it, and it was like the only rat album from the eighties I was missing. It was I, I had the ones you just I, you know what I don't I don't think I have their very, very first one with the one with the either. rats like climbing up the leg. I don't have that one, but it has Body Talk and Way Cool Jr. on it. And I was like and I, I found a decent price on it, and I was like, I, I got to get this. Well, um, and that the only reason I bought that album was, like I said, it was two songs on it that I like, and I didn't have it. And I'm like that with, I'm a discography person, and we talked about this, you know, a few episodes yeah, ago, and it was actually one of our more popular episodes. It was about, like, discographies that you, you know, that, that, that are like, you must have these discographies, like essential discographies. It wasn't like Desert Island ones. It was like, oh. you know, ones that, like, if you're... So let's say, for instance, they came out with a new format of music tomorrow that's somehow better than MP3. Like, oh, I, that's I funny. Know. What I was gonna say that you like, 
you plug it goes right into your head and you just think about it and the, and the album plays I, I don't know but you have to buy all the licenses again or something like that like what would be the like you know what i gotta get all my anthrax i gotta get all my my slayer i gotta get all my i, I gotta get all my uh rat you know i gotta get all my Dawkins, whatever right. so so you know that was that was interesting but that's how i am with with records like i have i have a hole that i mean let's be honest that's the only reason i own repentless <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I literally saw Repentless you know and it was on, on clearance for nine dollars, and I'm like, okay. Let me, let me let me give you a good example. I really like the band Saxon. I think we both do, right? Denim I might, and I might leather. Pick up, I might pick up a random Saxon because they have a lot of albums. I pick up a random '80s Saxon album. It's the kind of thing that would get filed. And completely forgotten about. Not because I'm forgetting about Saxon, just because they're a band with a big discography. And some of those I just would forget I have or that sort of thing. And I also bring, so I, in other words, I'm not bringing that home because I can't wait to listen to it today. I'm bringing it home because I like Saxon. And when I'm in the mood to listen to Saxon, I want to listen to as many of their albums as I have. That's what it's I was just, thinking of. It's just what I'm saying is it might not be until the next time I run it. Because, I, dude, I run discographies on bands. We've talked about this. Yeah, we do, yeah. When I'm in – well, what I mean is, like, when I'm in the mood to listen to – You like to run them like a train. I do. But, I mean, think – well, that's like – you know what? Here's a good question, though. We talked – actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you this question because it's made me think of this. Um, we just got done saying that we had talked an, on an earlier episode – about what are the discographies that you would that you feel you have to have like you have to have their discography right like i said like i have to have fate's warnings discography i i i love their discography way too much to to, to i don't want to skip anything on it because i love it i want to have cradle of filth's discography because i love every album they've ever put out um, i don't have their discography but i've got well you know, i mean i also don't want to pay 500 dollars for midian no i've got the majority of it and i've got all i've got it on cd are, but yeah I've got all the ones that are easy to get your hands on. Yeah. Um, but th that being said, here's a question for you. And we can talk about this. And I, I'm, I'm posing it to you just because I'm coming up with the idea. What are bands that you listen to that way? Are like, are there bands that when you get in a mood for that band, you want to listen to their discography? You want to listen to it in an order? Well, like, are there bands well, that way? Let me, let me ask you a question. When you say discography, yeah. so I, I, I would say more often than not, when I do that, it's less discographies because a lot of the bands I like listening to in a row have very, very deep, deep discographies. Yeah. Um, I would say it's for me, it's more common with eras, um, more so than discographies. So, like, let's say, for instance, the last time Judas, the last time I went and saw Judas Priest, I listened to everything up to Painkiller, and then I listened to Firepower. I okay. skipped. I skipped the Tim Owens albums. I skipped, you know, Nostradamus and 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 Angel of Retribution just because I'm like, eh, like they were okay. I mean, look, I, I know you, I know you like, I know you like uh, uh, um, Jugulator, and Jugulator oh, is a good album. I love Jugulator, but no, I, you know what though? But when I, I'm with you though, man. When I want to listen to Jugulator, I want to listen to Jugulator. When I want to, when I'm in a mood for Judas Priest, I'm really not in the mood for Jugulator. Well, that's the thing, and and I feel like. Look, is all and they're equally good. It's just a different thing. And by the way, Firepower was awesome. Like I am not saying Firepower was not a good Absolutely. album. Now, Nostradamus and if the new one and wasn't Angel like sixty bucks, I would buy it. But I'm still, I'm not buying the new one. Well, no, 
At its current price, I'm not buying. I, I did not pre-order the new priest. No, no, no. Because I'm not paying that high. much. It'll drop. It'll drop. Trust me, it'll drop. Yeah. Um. And and if not, like, there's other ways. You know, like there's there's other ways to get it. And when I mean that, when I when I say that, I'm not like talking about five finger discount. Um, I mean, like, if sometimes, like, there's some websites that offer sales and discounts and whatever. You may not get it for a year, but you'll get it. Um, what I was going to say, though, was, so when I think of Judas Priest, so when you're talking about those disc- discographies, when I think of Judas Priest, I think of everything up to Painkiller, if I'm talking about Rob Halford. Now, I might mix in Firepower because it is such a strong album. Nostradamus and Angel of Retribution, for me, those are just kind of... And I know I'm I know I'm know pissing somebody off right now because somebody's out there saying, what are you talking about? Those albums are my favorite. Those are the best thing Priest ever yeah, did. Yeah, but dude, someone tried to tell us their favorite Alice Cooper album was Zipper Catches Skin. Well, so dude, I know, but... but there's, always, but, there's my, always some penis out there, but... But my point is, like, you know, so if I'm saying, like, I'm going to listen to Judas Priest's disc- discography, I'm probably going to start at Rockerola and go up through Painkiller... And then from that point on, if I'm in the mood or if I haven't been kind of priested out by that point, maybe I'll listen to Blood. Uh, sorry, Jugula. I have to say Blood Letter. I was thinking of uh, what does it Blood Letter? Okay, so, well, so let me let me you know now that you mentioned that I I, I and there are very there I'll are say, very I will few give bands. one more give one more quick example. Anthrax yeah, is like that because if I'm going to listen to Anthrax. I'm going to either listen to Joey or John Bush. I'm not going to oh. go through all of them just because it's such a vast change. It's almost like switching bands at that point. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to agree. Now that uh, there's, uh, actually fate's warning and cradle of filth. I like to listen to, um, I'll listen to their whole discography. Typo but, is like that for me. Yeah, no, no typo for sure. For sure. And typo, and, I, I almost, when I want to listen to typo, I listen to an order. And, and I but, have, I have Life is Killing Me, which is the last typo negative album I need. I have that pre-ordered. And when that comes through, I'm going to listen to those albums plenty in order. So so I'm going to agree with you that generally speaking, for me, it's not a full discography. It's definitely an era. Like we were just talking about Rat. When I'm in a mood for Rat, I listen to, you know, um, I listen to Out of the Cellar, Invasion of Your Privacy, Dancing Undercover, and Reach for the Sky in order pretty much every time I listen to them. Um, but I, I, I mean, I like de- I like de- Detonator. So I'll, let's put it as I'll go as far as Detonator. But like, I'm not terribly concerned about whether or not I have the albums, you know, post late '90s. You know, they're. Um, or like, or like Motley Crue, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm doing a Motley Crue discography, I I really don't care if I listen to their later stuff. Yeah, with um, Motley Crue, I'm probably going to stop at Dr. Feelgood. Now, I know you like their self-titled. I like their self-titled album, but I don't listen to it with... Yeah. It's a different thing to me. Yeah. I, I like their self-titled album if you take the band's name off of it. Like, I'm not going to listen to New Tattoo or Saints of Los Angeles. Well, that's what I was... Or, Saints of Los you know, like, like, like Generation Swine, for example, is an awesome album. That's the album where Vince Neil came out. Came back. It's... <laughs> whatever. That's kind of funny. Whoops. Um, whoops. <laughs> yeah, what? Actually, no, he didn't, he didn't come out as gay. He came out as fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're g- guys wore more lipstick than girls, and no one seemed to care. <laughs> um, but no, like Generation Swine, for example, it's a great album. I, when I'm in the Motley Crue mood, I go from Too Fast, well, uh, girls, uh, 
Uh, my, theater of pain. Sucks, theater of pain's though. awful. I mean, theater of it's, pain. It's, like, let me put it this way: if you're going to listen to Motley Crue's uh, discography, when you get to theater of pain, it turns into an endurance test. Actually, can I be honest with you? Uh, uh, Too Fast and Doctor Feelgood are the only ones I really like cover to cover. I like Shout Out the Devil cover to cover. My actually, like, my favorite song is on Shout Out the Devil. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you Shout Out the Devil. Okay, um, Girls, 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 I don't like. All the way through. No, me neither. It's uh, especially don't care about Jailhouse Rock, you know? Theater of Pain is... Home Sweet Home is the only passable song on it. I mean, again, the the best song that isn't Home Sweet Home is a cover. Yeah. The cover of Smoking in the Boys Room is an awesome cover. It's an awesome cover. I'd go as far to say that their greatest hits where they did two new tracks has more good tracks than Theater of Pain. Dude, well, yeah, but can we also say if we're Dude. talking Motley Crue... Primal Scream and Angela are yeah. two of the best songs of their whole career. I'd say so. I mean, I'm, I'm, we do when we, when we made, when we made lists of our favorite Motley Crue songs, like we made top tens or whatever, they were both on both of our lists. Like, at least I, don't I know, know if that Primal I, Scream was on mine, but I know Angela was. Or I know Angela versa. was. I think Angela might be my. It's tied with like Livewire as my favorite, and Livewire, by the way, is just because the drums are awesome and it has the most strategic use of a obnoxiously loud cowbell in any song I've ever heard and you know live wire you know look I always said that you know our band was thrash metal pushing maybe kind of thrash death but it really wasn't other than vocals but the thing is is as a drummer where where my real core as a drummer was, I was into Randy Castillo. I was into um, I was into you know Tommy Aldridge. I was I mean yes, I'm a big fan of Neil Peart, and I was a big fan of Mike Portnoy. But that didn't really bleed into my playing because I didn't play that way. I I, I learned a lot from them, but stylistically it didn't do anything for me. Um, I didn't play like those guys played. I played like you know, like I said, Randy Castillo. I played like Tommy Aldridge or. You know, um, uh, Vinny Apiece, like those guys. The song Loudwire, that's the kind of drums I like playing, you know? Yeah, the, the, you know, the, it's got that kind of mid-tempo double bass, but it's hard-hitting and just, it's not complicated, but it's big and cool, and that's... So Loud uh, uh, Loudwire, Livewire, um, the song Livewire, if I said Loudwire, I'm sorry, it's because I was bitching about that terrible website earlier but anyway this, so if i said loudwire i'm sorry the song livewire though it's um it's just one of those songs that the drums are just they're so in the pocket but yet over the top it's so cool so for me that's livewire is not that i think it's a great song it is but it would not it would not make my top list of motley Crue songs other than it's just an awesome song for a drummer it's awesome for the type of drums i like playing um but okay so let me rephrase the question. What are bands that when you listen to them, there is a grouping or era of the band that you tend to just want to listen to those in order? Well, first I would say Priest. I already covered that. Right, like, right, right. We you said know, Priest. And, you know, Rockerola up through up through Painkiller. I will I, I said, matter of fact, I'm I'm going to see them in April. I probably will do that again. Interestingly, like I see what's funny is how big of a Judas Priest fan I am and um, the albums of theirs that 
really get like no play from me. I haven't listened to Rock and Rolla in 20 years, probably. It's not that I don't like it, but I start with Sad Wings of Destiny, which, hey, look, there's nothing wrong with Rock and Rolla. Just what I consider. I feel obligated to. What I consider the Judas Priest as we know it, Sad Wings of Destiny, to me, is the beginning of the Judas Priest as we know it. Um, yeah, it's not as heavy as their stuff later, but dude, 1976, songs like Tyrant, The Ripper, Victim of Ch- I mean, dude, that's that's ball-shaking. That album was way ahead of its time. That That is a ball-shaking. That is the most heavy. That is the first, like... Heavy metal album to embrace everything there is about metal. It's just it. It's, it's the damn album. It's so good. It's so ahead I, of its time. And, and truthfully, if they had the technology to make those guitars like heavier, that album would have that album could have come out like today. Oh yeah, they didn't. They wouldn't have to play it differently or tune it differently. They just needed to, if they could have just recorded it. But whatever. And all you got to do is hear any of those songs live, and you know what I'm talking about. They play the Ripper live, and you're like, I, you're in yeah. for a thrill. You're in for a shock. So, so I start with Sad Wings, right? Sad Wings, Sin After Sin, Hellbent for Leather, Stained Class, which is one of the best metal I, albums. I will say Point of Entry is, is, is sometimes hard to get through. Yeah, like... It's my, just kind of mediocre. The thing for Point of Entry is there's one, two, three songs on it I really like. Because I'm um, headed on the highway. I think Headed Out to the Highway is an amazing song. I've always loved it. It is a you good know, song. I, um, you know, am I the only one who every time I look at point of entry, it's thinks it's some thinks it's some dude handing it standing there with a boner, like but all you see is the boner. So it depends I, on the cover. The cover I have is one with the printer paper. Oh, well. The other one, you just see so you just see a big boner. But anyway, well, like very well could be because not every, like Mike every Siebert. single I mean Every single there's there's so many Judas Priest songs that are like double entendres. So. Well, of course, and and I don't mean Mike Ram Seaver's it down, best friend Jawbreaker. Like. I, I don't mean Mike Mike Seaver's best friend Boner. I mean uh... anyway. So point of entry, it, it's not a great album, but Desert Plains is an amazing song. Yeah, heading out to the highway. It's not an amazing song, but it's a, it's fun. You know, to me, it's it's like breaking the law. Like it's just a it's just a classic fun song, and I like hot rocking too. I mean, and, I don't care. I like that song. Uh, and I, 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 the other, the other hard part to get through is Turbo, obviously. Well, right, but okay. So, so continuing though, and I will say, the this. Turbo Lover is awesome live. I don't no, care. No, 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 no. Well, I'll get back to that. Hang on one second. My the, the thing, the thing I like about Point of Entry, right? Because you've got Stained Class, and then, dude, I was just not unleashed in the East because that record is just yeah, I include that too. Amazing. Then you get British Steel. The reason Jesus I'm Priest glad live I include too. The reason I'm glad that Point of Entry is there is because at this point, like you, 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 if you, you have to back off a little bit, or you would, or you would cream your pants before you even get. Because seriously, it's almost, it's almost like you're like, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, I gotta take a break. No, because you hang on, you, hang s- on. you know what it's like. Oh, I better slow down, or else. Oh, nope, it's too late. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, you got to, you got you, you to, you, have got to save some of that love juice because you, you know, you know that when you, that you want to blow it during during screaming for vengeance, like you're, you're holding on, you're holding on. But man, after after British Steel, you're, you're thinking about baseball. <laughs> you know, you're you're going over baseball stats in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, so seriously, it's it's almost like a little break. 
before Screaming for Vengeance just kills you. Because, I mean, dude, come on. That album is, it's my top five favorite albums of all time. Defenders of the Faith, it's not as, it, it's not Screaming for Vengeance. The only problem Defenders of the Faith has is it's not Screaming for Vengeance. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great album. It's just not Screaming for Vengeance. Um, but it's a great album. I mean, Free Will Burning is an awesome song. Free Will Burning, yeah, that's what I was thinking. The of Sentinel, there. come on, the dude. Sentinel, the Sentinel, yeah. Love Bites, Eat Me Alive, Some Heads Are Gonna Roll. Some Heads those, Are Gonna Roll. Those are incredible songs. Some Heads Are Gonna... I mean, dude, nobody ever s takes a crap on, on, on that album. It's... No, no, it's just, it's only problem, like I said, is it's... It's piggybacking off of Screaming for Vengeance. Otherwise, but it is it, before Turbo, so you know right. you know there's only a letdown. <laughs> you know, um, but, but I will I will say this, and I, I always call Turbo a festering turd of an album. But I am one thousand percent in agreement with everyone, and I've always said this that Turbo Lover Live is awesome. Well, it's because they don't use the synth guitars. No, it's but it's it's plus. Look, there are there are songs out there. That you hear them live and it's it's a different experience than what you've known before. That's another question. We'll get let me get, let me get into that here in a minute. Um, I'm gonna write that down because that's a question I wanna I wanna ask you too. But we'll write this on. down. No, I, this but down. I was gonna say you know and then and then the, and the, another album that was an interesting album is uh, the one right after that. Ram it down because. 50% of it is turbo, 50% of it is painkiller, or at least the natural progression towards painkiller. Like, the first two tracks off that album are awesome. Like, Ram It Down, I would actually put Ram It Down in my top 10 favorite Judas Priest songs, probably. I love that. Thousands of cars and a million guitars, screaming with power in the air, Ram It Down. I love that song. I remember song. Blood Red Skies being cool. Like, there's... Even There's heavy metal, you know, I love that. And then, song. and then, you know, of course, we we don't need to mention that Painkiller just took. I the, mean, the first nineteen ninety Painkiller came out, and the entire metal world went, "Oh crap!" Dude, the like, first half of Painkiller just smokes almost any. The second right. half is still good, but that first half, like up to Metal Meltdown, it just it it just it, the, the, the second half up. having a touch of evil that like that's the give up. If if a yeah, a touch of evil is just cool, dude. But, dude, oh, yeah. all guns blazing is. I know. It's like that again. That might. I mean, all guns, all guns blazing. I love that song. And then our our song. So in in I, we've told the story on the show before, but in high school, all of our friends went to see Pantera in 1998, and they had a tour T-shirt, and it was Pantera, the Hell Patrol. So, like, you know, it was them. The graphic on the front, you can look it up. But um, so all of us would wear it to school, like at various times. So everybody started calling us the Hell Patrol, and of course, that's a priest song. So we always used to joke around that that's our theme song. You know, the, <laughs> the Hell Patrol. Well, you know, that Metal one. Meltdown's an amazing song. Oh, it's so awesome. You know, here comes the Metal Meltdown. You know, it's it, it. So I'm I'm so okay. Before we, because then I have another question on a completely different topic. But um, so bands that that I will I will give you one, uh, and you just mentioned them. I always listen to Pantera's first. Okay, look, we get it. They had albums before Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, there's somebody listening right now being like, you know, they were a glam band in the '80s. Yes, I know. Yeah, Thank you. I know I about know. projects. In you know the it, it's I like, know it's about like, power metal. Thank it's you. It's like Jose Mangina on on um, 
on Sirius XM who always refer. He's like, I'm going to play a song from Cowboys from Hell, the fourth Pantera. It's like, dude, shut up. No one calls it that. Yes, um, we know. You're smart. Woo. No one calls it that. Uh, well, I hate that guy anyway, but I don't hate him because he's a because he's an Eddie Trunk douche. I hate him because he's annoying and lame. Uh, and he has a lisp, and that just, I just, you shouldn't work in broadcast. No, you can't, Mr. Simpson. No one can. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yes, it's totally true. But anyway, um, I always listen to Cowboys from Hell, Vulgar Display of Bear. Uh, bleh, Vulgar Display, display of, of Bears? What the hell? Where do they even come from? I don't know. Vulgar, Vulgar Display of Bears? <laughs> It was gonna come out bearer. Um, <laughs> Vulgar display. display of bears. It's probably because Vince Neil came out. He's fat, so you know. Vulgar display of bears. That, from this point on, that album is called Vulgar Display of Bears. Dude, dude, dude. By the way, did I did I tell you? Um, um, hold I don't want to hear up. any stories about you, you and bears. <laughs> Well, there actually is. I met a this story. bear the other night. He's a pretty cool there, dude. <laughs> there is a there is that story of when I was accidentally at a at a um, uh, a bear convention um, with with our with our with our with Vinny, and Vinny was running around trying to pretend he was my he was my guy. It was it was bad. There's no way Vinny was there by accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was because I was at I was at that uh, the Avalon in um, in Erie, it's and I. It's because he hates fat guys. He was. It's one of those things where he does the self-loathing thing. That's <laughs> like, awesome. He, he he hate f's them all. Yeah. So so anyway, I go from Cowboys from never. Hell. You're gonna lose weight. I, I I go from Cowboys from Hell to vulgar display of bears, bears. to far beyond driven. The Great Southern Trend Kill, I stopped there because I'm not listening to the pile of crap next album. You know what? I do listen to Reinventing nope, the we'll Steel, and I reason why is for Hellbound's a great song, and Revolution Is My Name is it, it's it's probably one of my favorite Pantera songs. I don't know how it ended up on that album when everything well, else dude, on that album sounds like it was like how know, many written time, in a weekend. How many times have I said this, though? If you took Revolution Is My Name off of that album... And traded it with 13 Steps to Nowhere off of Great Southern Tranquil. Which I like that song. Great Southern Tranquil would be a perfect album. See, 13 I, Steps to Nowhere. I like that song. <clears throat> is awful. It's awful. It's the it's the only thing that stops Great Southern Tranquil from being a, a great album start to finish. It is the it is the sucky song in the middle of so the album. So it's the Escape of Great Southern Tranquil as right. far as you're well, concerned? No, no, that would be different because Escape's the best song Metallica did in the 80s. But, in no. <laughs> All you have to do, if you want to know how good Escape is, all you have to know is 2024 Metallica hates it. That should tell you right there that the Metallica <laughs> that's currently around now doesn't like it, which is a great endorsement for how good it is. Anyway, so, my point so is. So you're, you're right. The Pantera, Pantera uh, there. I always know, listen to those four in a row. Yeah, I do too. I, I listen to, I, 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 you know, I, you know I'll, I'll, I'll give you another band actually I do, but again, it's an era well, can thing. I, can I mention something really quick with Pantera yeah, 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 though? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. There's two reasons. Uh huh. One, I do like all five albums a lot. And you like bears. And I like bears. The, <laughs> the other, um, um, the other, and actually, by the way, I, w I will message you why I w there, There's a reason. Yeah. I'll explain. Good friends in a bottle of pills? No, no. Um, I'll explain something later. But 
Um, I have two girlfriends. Here's, here's something. Night. This is an important one for me. What makes me most interested in listening to a band's albums in order are there when they're bands that have a natural progression. Like, I mean, in fairness, it's like when I would listen to Metallica, I would like to go from Kill 'Em All to the Black Album because there is a natural growth and progression over time through those albums. I listen to the first five King's X records all the time, and any one of them are good, but they're all better if you listen to the first five in order. I think that any of the first four, and you could say five, whatever, you, you could sit with the 90s Pantera albums, and again, if you want to include Reinventing the Steel, because it came out in 2000, whatever. You, you include Official Live in there? Yeah, I always listen to that, too. Me, too. Here's my point, though. I like it. <laughs> Not only do I like all of those albums... But there's a progression, and I think every one of them is better when they're put next to each other. Like, Far Beyond Driven is an amazing album, but it's better when you go, you listen to Vulgar, because especially with Pantera, right? You hear Cowboys, and you're like, man, this is heavy. Then Vulgar Display of Power is heavier. Then Far Beyond Driven is heavier than that. And The Great Southern Train Kill is not heavier, but it's it's way more aggressive at times, and there, but it's also the songs with the most quieter, more subdued songs, and so I mean, it's the it's the natural progression, and it's me saying that all of those albums are better when you listen to all of them. Like if you just hand someone Vulgar Display of Power, like they're gonna probably if they've never heard Pantera, they'll go, "This is cool." But I think if they listen to the four and you get that you get that package deal, they're way better. And um, I, I love that when bands have that, you know, when, when the albums are better together, you know, and again, I'll talk about King's X real quick. Like Gretchen Goes to Nebraska is a brilliant album, but it's way better if you listen to the, you listen to Out of the Silent Planet first, then you listen to that, you know, then you listen like Dogman is one of the great, one of my favorite albums of all time, but it's so much better when you listen to the four before, you know, the self-titled album and Faith, Hope, Love, like it's just that progression, it, it, it. It's awesome to me. So, yeah, Pantera. Go ahead with your other examples. I forgot. <laughs> well, that's just dumb. I, I really forgot. Dio, for sure. Yeah, you know, the, it, it, Angry Machines is the hardest one to get through. And, you know, I'll be honest yeah. with you. When I listen to Dio, I go a step further. Like, And I just did this uh, a couple years ago. We did a complete Dio retrospective. Um, I'm not sure if that was season one or season two. It was two. season one. Okay, we did a complete Dio retrospective. We haven't done a retrospective on the new the new show. We should do that sometime. We should, um, yeah. We, we should talked pick, about we should a pick a band. Nothing, actually, not, not we like Dio about, where there's like 14 albums. We were talking about ACDC, but there's a lot of albums there. We did Death. I know we did Death right. in season one, and we did Dio. But So when I when I listen we to Dio, Priest, I, we did a whole bunch, but yeah. I actually start with Dio at Black Sabbath. Yes, I know he was an elf, but it's just not my thing. That's more of like blues well, do, rock. Do you, start, do you start with Rainbow, or do you start with Sabbath? Oh, Rainbow. Sorry, Rainbow, Rainbow. Yeah, I, I start I with Rainbow, and I don't go back to Elf. I start with Rainbow, and I go all the way up through Dehumanizer. Well, I mean, and it's it's the the. Uh, well, I mean. Well, actually, I take that back. I go all the way back through the last Dio album. Yeah, I mean, when again though, I think, I think Rainbow, those albums just get better. Dude, long live Rocket. Dude, I don't care. I Dude, know he, it's not really metal like from the truest sense of the word if you don't like if you don't like enjoy long live rock and roll i don't know if, i can't do anything Dude, for you man 
Dio kept that as a staple of his live set permanently. All of those Rainbow albums with Dio are just awesome. I mean, I mean, the, the, the weakest is the first one. Yeah. But it has Man on a Silver Mountain on it, so it doesn't matter that the rest of the album is okay. I'm the man on the silver dude, mountain. Rising? Come on, dude. Tarot Woman, Starstruck. I mean, those are just... Starstruck is a... Man, is that album... Is that song great? And then, you know, dude, Long Live Rock and Roll and Kill the King. What just... Ama- and then, then, dude, as much as that is awesome... Then you get those two albums with Sabbath, which I will like. I will say this: I like. Now I'm not saying I like every Sabbath album because I I don't necessarily like every Sabbath album because I don't. But I like Black Sabbath's career. You know, there are some stinker records through there, but that's any band. And their last album is just atrocious, atrocious. It's terrible. It's it's god awful and shouldn't be listened to by anybody. But, um, there are, so there are albums that I just am just not into, but I like the whole Sabbath career. I I have said a million times, um, I, I I really like Tony Martin. I, um, I, I like, you know, Headless Cross is awesome. And I, did you ever get that on vinyl? Uh, no, I did not get it on vinyl. I do have tear. I need to get Headless Cross because I forgot it. I didn't order it. Um, But anyway, here's my point. While I know the love for the Aussie era, clearly, at least, at least up through Sabotage, you know, if you're not into technical ecstasy and never say die, those those are albums that the casual Sabbath fan doesn't like, but there's that group of people out there that just love it. And I get why. It was because of the years they came out, and like there's people that that they just you know, hey, awesome, whatever. I think that Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules is the absolute peak of that band's performance. I think it's the just their their the the peak of their career is, and and then look, and I'm not I'm not saying it's Dio versus Ozzy. That's not what I'm saying. It's not knocking the early Sabbath records because, come on, dude, they're the early Sabbath records. Their metal would not be metal without the early Sabbath records. But I just think, like, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules were a band who had been building up something in the 70s but never were really able to reach their peak to Dio was building something up, then he gets let go by Rainbow, and it's like one of the – one of, if not the greatest metal singer of all time, one of the greatest metal bands of all time, <clears throat> Sun and Moon, Stars Align, and you just get this holy crap of two albums. I mean, dude, like like you were, you said Long Live Rock and Roll. How could you listen to the song Heaven and Hell and not just blow it all over the counter? Like, And you you don't, not- don't forget about Live Evil. Oh, yeah, no, 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 too, but I'm saying like, um, now admittedly Heaven and Hell suffers with the side A problem. Um, yeah, it's top heavy. It's top heavy. Neon Knights, Children of the Dude, Children of the Sea. That was the first dude. They wrote that like on the spot. You know, they they they. I, if I remember the story correctly, like Tony and Geezer or whatever showed showed Ronnie here is this 
thing we're writing. And um, he, uh, 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 um, they, they, they showed him this thing, you know, they're writing. And Ronnie, I don't know if he got like on a notebook or something. But just out of nowhere, he just, you know, the whole, in the misty morning, on the edge of time. Like, that to me, if I want to describe Dio as a vocalist, the opening of that song, because you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's lyrically very Dio, you know, in the misty morning on the edge of time. It's vocally amazing. But, dude, they, they, just, they just wrote it. Like, you just sat there and just wrote the song. They played him the they played him like the riffs and he just boom came up with that right there and it was just they're 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 just you know what I mean like they're just magical albums where just something went right in the world when those two albums came out and Live Evil is 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 great too and and by the way Born Again is a great album and, I, and screw anybody who doesn't think it's a great album um, if you say it doesn't sound like Sabbath well. Whatever. Anything after Ozzy, you could say doesn't sound like Sabbath. Um, you could say Heaven and Hell doesn't sound like Sabbath if you want to. I don't care. But Born Again's a cool album. Um, it stands out because it, it doesn't really sound like anything else of theirs, but whatever. It's a cool album. Um, point point being, um, I, uh, I, I, I absolutely, you know, I, I'm with you on including those. Um, uh, Dehumanizer is a, is a killer album. You know, it's it's really a killer album. Um, Strange Highways is a cool album. It's it's now now let me let me say this though. St Strange Highways is not an album I would just put on. I never just go listen to Strange Highways. I will listen to Strange Highways. If I'm in a big Dio mood, dude, I'll listen to Dio. I'll finish Lock Up the Wolves, and I'll jump right into Strange Highways. But I don't think I've ever just been like, dude, I'm really in the mood to listen to Strange Highways. Nothing against the record. I don't think I've I'm, ever been in the mood to listen to Angry Machines. Well, Angry Machines, I don't want to listen to that. I'm, I'm not into it. That's why I said. That's that, that's one of those I, I endurance totally test albums, that record, right? Because it, it's a stinker. Magica is a cool-down album. Killing it is cool, is except cool for, album. I will say this. The thing about Magica is I hate turning off a record, but you have to listen to the story. <laughs> I know, no, I know. That's um, the only thing. Like, I, I, I respect the fact that he did it, but like, part of me is like, dude, I just want to listen to music, and instead, I hear, and he went down to there and did this, and he didn't want to do this, but he did anyways. I think <laughs> to me, to me, I'm envisioning he's rolling dice between lines of it. Um, uh, killing the dragon's yes. cool. Master of the Moon is cool. Six, six hits um, points. But yeah, dude, I, ang uh, Angry Machines is just. See, what I said earlier, where like with Judas Priest, you want that little break before you blow your load. Angry Machines is that you just <laughs> Angry no, you Machines is you lose your boner. No, no, Angry Machine <laughs> is Angry Machines is when you go take a dump and hope it lasts until the album's over. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's that, that's bad. your that's your that's your trip to the beer stand album. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's when I go down to Stewart's and get a hot dog and a case of beer and come back and go, damn it, it's still playing. Or the worst. The absolute worst. You come in. You come in and go. Damn it! I have to flip the record and still listen to side two. I mean, dude. I'm sorry, Dio. The vocals are always. It's Dio. The vocals are gonna sound good. It's just, yeah, that record. So good. I'll give you. You know, I, I, 
I'll give you another one. Great. But this one is is kind of weird because it's a discography, but up to a point, and it's where they stylistically change. That happens too. Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. BOC. I usually listen up till Fire of Unknown Origins because the album after that, and the name escapes me. I could look it up, but I listened to it, and it was one of those things where I have up through Fire of Unknown Origins on vinyl. I have everything, and I love every single album. I love their live albums, On Your Feet, On Your Knees. I love, uh, what is it, One Enchanted Evening. You know, I, I, I think Secret Treaties is an incredibly great album. Um, you know, of course, Spectres with Godzilla. I think it's Spectres. And then Fire of Unknown Origin, of course, has, you know, I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you. But, you know, the... the and, a, song and, about, and, a song about the clap, but anyway, go on. Yeah, well, of course. Um, and then, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, fudge, I can see the cover. It has their most famous song, Don't Fear the Reaper. Has a guy with the magic hat. Oh, what's it called? Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart. I I am sadly not as well versed in in Blue Oyster Cult. Hang on, I got it of, right uh, here. I got it right here. Of all of all bands from the '70s that I'm not well versed in, they're one of them. You, yeah, let's see here. Where is it? I have it. Ah, Agents of Fortune. Oh right, uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, of course, I knew that. I mean, even even. Cultosaurus, Rex, and, and even that in Mirrors, which are arguably weaker. They're they're still good albums, but I will you know I, I forget the album that they went sideways on, but I listened to it and I was like, it's completely different style. Uh, you know, um. Anyways, you know it's a completely different style, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like Blue Oyster Cult's one of those bands, and look, I know they're not metal from the traditional standpoint, yeah, especially when you get into Fire of Unknown Origins, where they do Burning for You and stuff like that. They're total <clears> classic <throat> rock, but what you know, usually they're, they're referred to as is like proto metal. Like they were one of those bands that a lot of metal like was influenced by them, and not only that, but if you ever watch the Stoned Age, which I recommend you do because it's a freaking awesome movie. That's the band that those two metalheads are obsessed with. Boc. Well, I mean, dude, I gotta watch today, that movie again. I mean, look, look, kids today talk about Pantera like they're not metal. You know, I mean, it's it, whatever. You know, Boc was they were a hard rocking band in those days. But I mean, dude, most people by today's standards don't think of the Scorpions as metal. But when you look at the early '80s, people that were into Metallica were into Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and the Scorpions. You know, that was the other band they were all... I mean, they're metal. I'm not saying they aren't. But, you know, you don't think of, like, Rock You Like a Hurricane, like, you know, this big heavy metal song. Dude, but, dude everybody that was into metal was into the Scorpions. On their first album, Listens to City of Flame with Rock and Roll, like, it's just... It's not heavy at all, but it's it's got everything there that 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 is in the spirit of metal. So, I don't know. Personally, like, I, I, put, I put Blue Oyster Cult in there, like... I got a huge Blue Oyster Cult kick a, a few years ago, and uh, you know I really learned to appreciate them because you know of course at the time I knew I knew all the classics I knew Burning for You and Don't Fear the Reaper Godzilla, uh, which by the way Inhuman Condition recently did an insanely awesome Godzilla cover, um, so if you check them out uh, check that song out if you if you like Boc and you like death metal but they're another one of those bands where the first time I heard Secret Treaty I'm like holy crap this is like an insanely good album. Um, Secret Treaties is, is just awesome. Their first three albums are awesome. 
you know, they, they, they kind of go in, you know, ebbs and flows. They get, they try to go more pop, then they go a little bit more back to what they are. And then, you know, they kind of flow after fire of unknown origin though. I, I can't get into them. Their last album was supposed to have been incredible. I didn't listen. I, I, I listened to parts of it and I was like, it's okay. You know, it's, it sounds like a band, that's way past their heyday trying to recapture the magic. And it's usually ranked really high as far as like, you know, if you look at a blue oyster cult albums ranking, it's not as high as some of their big classic albums, but it's higher than like, you know, the, 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 their, you know, late eighties period. But I don't know, like at the same time, like, you know, you said about Judas priest, like I, I, I have a cutoff point for them. But I, up till that point, I will rock their discography and I'll listen to it and enjoy it. You know, I, as a matter of it, this is funny because all all this talk about us, it, it's making me want to do some of these discographies. Um, well, dude, I, I, I will gladly do uh, I will dry, gladly run a train on some discographies. Um, and again, you know what? Why don't why don't we just, you know, think about some we want to do? And and again, not do a career retrospective, but do. You know, era discographies, which are much more possible to do. You know, depending on the band, a band yeah. like Anthrax, it's much more possible to just do the original Joey era, and that's something we could get done in an episode without it being six hours long. Um, Alice know, Cooper hey, is another one that has eras. You have his oh god yeah. solo I mean, band, early seventies, and then mid to late eighties, and then you have like his like leather era. You know, like his. You know, like like uh, you have the uh, trash. Hey, stupid! Raise your fist and yell. Raise your fist and yell. Constrictor, like that era. You know, then you have yeah. like and previous. Again, like you, you have you have the era where he was so drunk he didn't know he was putting albums out that are just I'm sorry, not good. I'm not saying there's not a track here or there. I'm saying for the most part they're not good. Here's one, and again, hey, we'll talk about this probably at some point. Um, the bon the Bon Scott era of ACDC. I like to just listen to. You know, I, 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 and I'm, I know jailbreak, whatever, but I start with high voltage. Um, I figure out how to get through dirty deeds done dirt cheap, but then I listen to let there be rock. And you know what I mean? I, I listen. I, I mean, I think power age is the best one. Um, uh, I, people hate me for saying dirty deeds is absolutely the least good album. Oh. It's my least favorite album with Bon Scott on it. Um, but uh, but there, that's one, and again, we can talk about that another time. Here's another one. Again, we'll go eras. If I'm in a mood to listen to Accept, it's guaranteed that I will listen to Breaker, Restless and Wild, Balls to the Wall, and Metal Heart in their entirety. In that, I will listen to those four straight through because there is not a bad track on those albums. I mean, dude, look at those albums. That, that would be a great one to do, too. So I guess I don't want to break it into tracks, but um, that would be a great four-song um or four album I mean I I know you know those four albums anyway mm -hmm. um born to be whipped yeah but I, th that would be a great one to talk about um actually this would be something cool that our listeners could let us know like is are are there bands that you know is there an era of bands that you know that we know well enough um you know don't don't ask us to do a mastodon discography because we're not going to say anything um but um, what are what are bands that you know that we talk about that we could do? Because man, I I'm telling you, Breaker, Restless and Wild, Balls to the Wall, and Metal Heart. I could break those albums down track by track and talk about, you know, how much I dude, love songs like Losers and Winners and you know Head Over Heels or what whatever. I'll throw you another one. All right, uh, and I'm gonna kind of cheat here a little bit. 
Okay. I'm going to throw you this one. I'm going to say Candlemas up till when Messiah left. Yeah, for sure. Like, I know that on the first Absolutely album they had Johan. Which but, I love that album, though. Yeah, no, but and that's a great, a great album. album. It's a it's a cornerstone album. But you know, I'm talking before Robert Lowe, you know, before, like, Johan came out. I'm talking about up, up through Messiah. Those albums are just awesome. You when will be witch. That's so awesome. And he's all fat and awesome. I'm trying to remember what the last one he did was. Was oh, it chapter I, I can picture the cover. Of creation? I think the Tales last one might have been Tales of Creation, but I, I get hazy with the order those albums were released. I'm going to look that up because I, I'm... I, I get hazy with the ca- with when Candlemas when those albums release. I know that I know that I know that Epicus Dumas Dumicus Metallicus, if I could speak correctly, was the first. But then you know Nightfall and um, uh, you know Tales of Creation. Uh, yeah, he left after Tales of Creation. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. so. I'm not I'm not crazy. Um, but I mean those those and Epicus Dumicus Metallicus is literally just epic doom metal sounding. They just made it sound cool. Um, but man, I mean. Those albums just, you know, take a song like At the Gallows End from Nightfall. That song is so freaking good. It, it's just so good. Um, dude, here's another one. I know you're with me on this one. Cannibal Corpse. Like, if you're going to do the Barnes era, you're going to do them in order. Oh, yeah. Even Even if you're like, a lot of people would say Butchered at Birth is the weakest of the four. I like, I like Butchered at Birth. I would say it's the weakest of the four only because the other three are better. Yeah. Not because it's bad, but the other three are well, better. Yeah, it's the weakest of the four. It's not the crappy album. It's not the turd. Yeah, it's you not know, a bad it's... album. It's the weakest of the four. But, dude, if I'm in Barnes, I mean, if awesome. I want to listen to Barnes, I listen to those four albums. I, I just do. You know? Um, it meat doesn't hook, but, meat, I, but I, don't, I don't know if I can say Meat Hook, you know, sodomy. Whatever. I, I mean, I don't I don't listen to Vile very often. Um, and we've talked about that, you know. A million times, but you know, it's awesome. Are... I, I actually, if I'm going to listen to Barnes, I do have created the kill. I do have that on vinyl. It's a bootleg. I, I don't care. Awesome. That's the only way you're ever. It's ever going to see the light of day on vinyl. Um, and I do usually finish up with that because I'll be honest with you. And, and we've said this before. I actually, and some people will kill me for this. I like created kill better than I like some of the vile versions. The the lyrics are garbage, but it's better with it's Barnes better performed. It's it, it's 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 better fit to Barnes's vocals yeah, because that was it was supposed to be Barnes and like that's nothing against Corpse Grinder. Corpse Grinder worked the you know he did the best he could with what he had. Um, he you know any album where you walk in and do vocals that were meant for somebody else, you're gonna have trouble. You know if you you wrote song they wrote songs meant for a different vocalist. They brought in Corpse Grinder and said, "Here, do this." So it's not like yeah. he could work with them and say, ooh, you know, do this or change this so it'll be cool if I do that. No, it was like, here, sing over these parts. You know what I mean? They already had the album written at that you point, know, I think. <clears throat> random band that I don't care who makes fun of me for it. Um, the first three Cinderella albums, I back-to-back <laughs> those three. Dude, you can don't make fun of the... Don't know what co- you got! Till it's you gone. can make fun of the cover of Night Songs all you want to. <laughs> But well, dude, because you wish you could dress like that. I know. No, I. I if I could, if I could be as cool as Jeff Labar, on who's the guy on the left? Does he have the pink on, cowboy boots on? Yeah, that's <laughs> Jeff Labar. If I could be as cool as him in Cinderella, I don't know. But dude, drop drop the needle on the title track of Night Songs. I that do have song, it out, but I inherited it. It's heavy as hell. 
The song Look, Night Songs is a super heavy album. It's there, a heavy there, song. There's two things I got to say about Cinderella. First of all, um, they did write some heavy stuff and, and heavy for glam metal. No, but um, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Night I, Songs is a heavy song. Well, the I, guitars I wanna, in it are ball shaking. There's two things. First of all, I can't stand Tom Kiefer's voice. He sounds like a Muppet that's, that's angry and trying to front a band. That's that is a common reaction to Cinderella. Because he sings like this. And he doesn't even sound like Brian Johnson cool or Axl Rose cool. He sings like, he literally sounds like he's trying to do like a Muppet voice and said, hey, I bet you I could sing like that. He's also the ugliest person I've ever seen in my life. He looks like somebody punched him in the face with their junk. <laughs> like, he got junk punched. He looks it, like, it, it he literally looks like somebody punched, punched, punched him in the face. Before every picture I've ever seen him, he looks like he has no clue where he is. I will give them this much credit, though, and I cannot rem- for the life of me remember the video. And you might know, so I'm going to ask you, and I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm literally just trying to wonder if you remember. And I could look it up and figure it out. What was the video where they had the two twins walking down the hall, and they're in the studio? Oh. Oh, and then at the damn, end, they, um, they see the two girls, and they're like, oh my god, it's them! And they walk right past him and go to Bon Jovi, who's standing behind them. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh... I'm not your fool. I gotta look it up. I, I I'll look I'm it up you. too. But yeah, the I'm, reason I'm I say bl- that is because kudos to them for having a sense of humor. Because I love the fact that they walk right past Cinderella and like, oh my god, it's them, and they go to, bond, to that's and no, bond I think Jovi. it's nobody's fool, but I gotta look. Let's see. My guess is it's nobody's fool, but let me look. It's not Gypsy. Oh, it's somebody save me. Is it somebody save me? Okay, I'm I'm gonna watch it right now. Yeah, somebody save me. Okay, n- n- nobody's no, no. You know what? You're, uh, here's why I was thinking that because nobody's fool starts off with the two like, you know, the two hooas who get into the car. That's what I was thinking. I was no. Thinking, this is the two girls and they're like wearing like this like polka dot see through dresses and they're like walking down the hallway. I- I'll give you this much credit. Somebody save me is actually for glam metal. It's a heavy song. Well, and like I said, dude, listen to the title track of Night Songs. It's a heavy song. You you don't what I mean is like it's a way well, it's like listening to Dawkin. You don't realize how heavy Dawkin is because Because Don Dawkin has no balls. He's got no marbles. Well, but it comes across as if it's not heavy. But I, I guess what I would say about Night Songs is it doesn't necessarily come across as heavy until you just isolate on the guitars and you go, Holy crap, that's a ball shaking album but dude the first three cinderella records i don't care people can make fun of me i don't care because we've said don docking ain't got no marbles <laughs> we we have said this before that we um that we both grew up with glam and we both like it and that's i have a soft um, spot for glam because again i always I, you and, and i are both raised on mtv like you and i were born well, right when mtv started um, I'm I'm a little bit older than you, so like, and I'm not saying like, oh, I remember more of it than you. <laughs> no. So yeah, what I was gonna say, just me, but right. But well, no, I'm just saying like, you know. So technically, what what year did it come out? 80, 81? Uh, what MTV? Yeah, started eighty. August, it was August first, nineteen eighty one. So like, literally, literally, MTV is one month older than me. So, uh, so so, MTV as a, as a platform is one month older than me. So, like, I literally was watching, and and in my house growing up, MTV was always on. It was like my parents loved music, so 
if if there wasn't I, I I have a vivid memory and it to this day makes me laugh. I have a vivid memory of being a toddler or however old I was. Obviously, I was young because my parents were helping me take a bath. But I just remember on the stereo they were listening to Accept, and I was like, oh, because it, son of a bitch came on, and I was like, oh. you a hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and I was like, song. I was like. Oh my! And I was thinking, as a kid, I was like, oh, "They said a bad word." Well, and what's funny? What's funny about that song is, there, there have been a couple of songs in your lifetime where you're like, you knew there was this song for 20 years and you never knew what it yes. was that had been stuck in your memory. And no, that was one of them for sure. Yeah, that was one I of mine. You, I, when I I, I, I like, I think I played it or something. You're like, oh my god, that's been in my head for since I was a kid. There, there's two I can think of off the top of my head. The first is "Son of a Bitch," but and I don't care if I'm swearing. By by except oh. literally, I remember that coming out. I'll be like, wait a minute, this is it. This is the song. I, I was like, I was in the bath at like two years old, and I rem- to this day I remember that because I was told I wasn't allowed to sing this song. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, and so, but I grew. You and I both grew up on MTV, well, and a lot obviously yeah, when you're one of them. Up, one of them. Another one, by the way, was uh, Jet City Jet Woman. City Woman by Queensrÿche. I had the. But this was before Shazam, when you couldn't just hum into your phone and it would tell you what song you're thinking of. I had the melody to Jet City Woman. I had the waiting so long, I can't wait another. I had the melody, but not the words. And I remember I was literally sitting up, visiting my mom in Texas, watching MTV at like four in the morning because I'm a night owl. I stay up all night. If I don't have work, the next. If I don't have work over consecutive days i'm one of those guys where if i take a vacation from work by monday night i'm up till four or five in the morning like once my sleeps get it'll 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 adjust like that um but anyway so i'm sitting there watching mtv at like 4 a.m and all of a sudden i hear you know waited so long i can't wait and i'm like oh my god that's it that's it um but going back to what i was saying you and i were both raised with mtv because it was not only new, but anybody who liked music, whether it was metal or pop or anything, whatever. So I have a big place in my heart for '80s anything. Well, like let me let me also say this too, though. A lot of people will say, "Yeah, but that was basically the, the '80s equivalent of just pop music." And you know what? You're they're not wrong. I don't here's care. The I like no, 80s a. I don't pop. care. Eighty a. I don't care. But b. One of the reasons I was so attracted to that kind of music was because the drums and guitars were so over the top. I wanted to become a drummer because of Tommy Aldridge and the White Snake video. Because drummers in that, dude, I, I, don't get me started on the fact that drummers are just, they are just uh, drum machines now. They're just double bass, clicky double bass track, and tapping. Back in the back in that well, I mentioned Tommy Lee earlier, dude. You see Tommy Lee play, you want to be a drummer. Oh, except for he's playing to a track. But yeah, okay. Well, no, no, no. But I'm, well, back in the eighties when Tommy Lee was playing. But um, what? No, I w- but what I'm saying is though, the drums were over the top. Those guitar players in glam bands, not every single one of them. Okay, Tom Kiefer basically plays damn near everything on Cinderella albums. He might not done the he might not have done the drums, but he basically played everything on those records. He is a bluesy guitar player. He wasn't sitting there he wasn't shredding. But look at how many of those look at Rat. Look at Dawkin. Like look at those bands that had 
elite level guitar players. Like elite level guitar players. Yeah, Warren Dude, Demartini. Well, yep. well uh, yeah, I mean, and you, Robin, you, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, b- between Robin Crosby and Warren Demartini, it's like, holy crap. I mean, dude, I, I, I think and the glam band that I hate <laughs> most, the glam band that I hate most is White Lion. But dude, the guitar playing in that band was off the and, charts. And then, and then you have, and then you have CC Deville, who was trained by Ixoc Perlman. <laughs> yeah, I always loved that he said he was, he studied under Ixoc Perlman. But dude, the thing about, the thing about CC though. Is dude, he's not a technical guitar player, but he's an awesome guitar player. Well, that's the thing, and he's an and, awesome guitar player. And he wrote really cool stuff. But, I mean, and then you had got, then you, come on, you had Slash, you know, where I they dude, were not. Slash gla- has written some of the most beautiful are, guitar parts in history. They, they were not glam, but they were still a big like when Appetite for Destruction, well, and and the User Illusion albums, but they were a big MTV band. So what I was uh, again, I have I, oh, and by the way, I need to throw this out too. Um, I'm I'm actually and I'm I'm super excited about this. I'm going to see Mr. Big tomorrow night. Well, I guess it's today. He's now. the one that wants to be with you. Well, I mean, dude. First of all, I looked at the set list, but it's nothing surprising. They start with the song. They're going to open with "Addicted to That Rush," which, if you don't know that song, look up a live version of "Addicted to That Rush." And what happens is Billy Sheehan comes out and does this. I don't know how to describe it a billy sheehan bass line you know the kind of thing that only billy sheehan plays he comes out and he does his thing and then paul gilbert comes out and they do this like you know um you know they, they do a call and answer on 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 guitar and bass except it's billy sheehan and paul gilbert so their call and answer is like holy crap how are you doing that you and i uh, and, and then by the way they they're gonna the reason this is gonna be awesome they're going to play the Lean Into It album in its entirety, which to me is, I mean, it that is just amazing. I mean, they're going to play Daddy, Brother, Lover, Little Boy, which is, by the way, the, the, the elect, it even says on the album, the electric drill song, meaning that's the one that Paul Gilbert made famous for using a drill on the guitar while he's playing the solo. Pound I mean, cake. Dude, a lot, what's that? Pound cake. Uh, well, that too, but I'm saying that's what when Paul Gilbert but did. Pound cake. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say I, that. I wouldn't say that Paul Gilbert made it famous with Mr. Big. No, no, no. I'm saying Paul Gilbert made, made what I'm getting at is he didn't make doing it famous. I'm saying he's. I, I should say when he was famous for doing it. Eddie Van uh, Halen did that on Pound Cake. No, no, and that's, I know, I know. No, no, I know, I know you know. I'm just telling everybody else. Like he did that on Pound Cake, and and he. I remember he used to come out with a uh, with a uh, red, white, and black stripe power drill. That was really cool. Um. And what was I going to say? Um, anyway, the power drill song. Yeah, but I'm and saying they're it's playing the, the whole you know, Lean Into It album, um, which is just to me is is just super cool. And eighty percent of the people in that audience are going to be sitting there impatiently waiting for "I'm the one who wants to be with you." I will I will say this though. And I'm not I'm not taking a dump on Mr. Big, by the way. I'm I'm simply saying the that like they were one of those bands that wrote that song. You know, like there's there's all these bands out there who wrote that song, and when people buy the tickets, because usually they're not terribly expensive, they're they're going for a night out because there's nothing better to do and because they want to hear that song. And Mr. Big will right. always be known for I'm the one who wants oh, yeah. to be I with mean, you. 
I'm not going to argue the fact that, you know, uh, uh, Lean Into It came out before Pound Cake. We're not going to we're not going to play that one. We're not going to play the game that Paul Gilbert actually did do it. Well, before. but there's a thing. Somebody somebody else invented tapping. Eddie Van Halen no, no, made no, no, it no, famous. No, no. You know, know what I mean? I know, like, I know, I know. Th- that's I know. my point. Like, and I'm not trying matter. to sit here and getting getting in, getting into like a, a dick measuring contest between Eddie Van Halen and Paul Gilbert. I'm just saying, like, you know. Again, you know, Eddie Van Halen did not invent tapping. Eddie Van Halen made tapping popular. Yeah, yeah. you know. Point point being, point being, um, he, he Paul Gilbert's it's probably the most famous solo he ever did. Literally, because he's just it's one of the things he was famous for. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's besides the point. Like, I love and dude, I'll be the first to tell you. Eight fingers on the fretboard, man. What else can you do? What else are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> um, 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 um. Brad Gillis. No, it, it wasn't Brad. Gillis. Oh, it wasn't Sorry. Brad Gillis. It was. Was it? It Gilbert? was. Um. Um. Uh, 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 wasn't Brad. It was. Um. Uh, 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 Jeff Watson. Jeff Watson. You're right. Watson. You're right. You're right. Yeah. W- Watson. W- yeah. Because, dude, it's Jeff Watson. Okay, we're talking about in. Uh, you can still. Lo- you can still rock in America. Um. Jeff Watson's guitar solo is eight fingers on the fretboard. And I, by the way, cannot find this interview anywhere. But I it was in the guitar world because I had the guitar world. Right. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying I can't find a copy of it anywhere. But my my point is he definitely was like, once you do eight fingers on the fretboard, there's really no no else like, What else go. can you do? Um, uh, but yeah, it was Jeff Watson. That, that, is, that is definitely not a Brad Gillis thing to say. Because Brad Gill is, if anything else, is a is a not really egotistical guitar player. Um, so you're doing you're doing Mr. Big tomorrow, and I am going into New York City. I'm going into Manhattan, and I'm going to meet Mr. Ace Fraley. I'm excited awesome. for that. Um, I'm getting his new album. He's going to sign it for me. Uh, not me personally. It's part of a big signing at Sam Ash. Um, so like this is my like. I, first of all, I love Ace. I've been a Kiss fan since high school, um, and we, I, I was joking around with a friend of mine. I was talking about Kiss. I was, you know, we were taking a break. I was doing a clinic at hockey, and we were talking on the ice. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to meet Ace Fraley." And he was like, "Oh, that's awesome." And I was like, "Yeah." He, and you know, I'm a little bit younger than he is. He he probably you know he saw Kiss in the '70s, you know, or in the '80s rather. But and I was, I was like, "Yeah, me and my buddy were probably the only two 16 or 17 year old kids dressed as kiss in 1990 1998 right 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 no i know <laughs> i was like because at the you know this is right before the reunion to this is actually before they announced the reunion tour but i remember i on halloween i stayed at your house in high school we woke up that morning i painted my face like gene you painted your face as paul we went to school that day as a matter of fact this is a really funny story I've had my leather jacket since I was 16 years old, my biker jacket. I've literally had this jacket for almost 30 years. It's, it's going to be 30 years in a few years, right? There is still a spot on my jacket on the on the right, or sorry, the left part where there is still a stain from where my face paint got on it when I was dressed up as Gene Simmons. See, I the, the, first, the first leather jacket I bought, I still have it, but the, I... I, I Two years later, bought a new one, and um, that's the one that I've had. That's the one I wore. In other words, I bought my first one, but I bought a nicer one like a year later. Um, so technically, the one I still have is not the first one I wore, um, but I've had it 
you know, sense. But I mean, but. I, I've had this, uh, like, literally, I bought this jacket, or my, this jacket, it was actually a Christmas gift. The only thing I ever wanted was a leather jacket, and I'm shocked it still fits me. And sometimes it fits, let me put it this way, if I'm playing hockey a lot, it fits me a lot better than if I take a break. <laughs> yeah, mine, mine doesn't fit me right now, but I gained a lot of weight when I came back from Europe. But, dude, my, I'm, I'm one of those guys where, like, my weight fluctuates by so much. Like, one year I'll be too fat for anything, and then the next year it's like, I can't, I, I'm, everything's too big on me. Like, it's just, it's one of those, well, whatever. Well, technically I'm an athlete, you know, so. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> no, but I, I'm not, I'm just kidding around. But the closest thing, I mean, I mean, the closest thing to athletics I have is wanking it for a while, you know, like. <laughs> that's um, why you're built like Popeye. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly why I'm built like no, Popeye. No, but I'm, 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 the whole point of me saying this is I'm, I'm excited to meet Ace. Um, and, and it's like, for me, it's like, yes, the whole where I was going with that was yes, I've been a Kiss fan forever, but in a lot of ways, this is kind of like my. I still remember that that scene in Vulgar Video where where Dimebag Daryl met Ace Frehley, and it was like a huge deal to him. That that's kind of like what it is for me. This is kind of like my way of paying tribute to Dimebag. I, I did not go to Pantera at Madison Square Garden. I could not make it. I had to. I got stuck working late. Wow. I, I held off buying tickets because I was like, I don't know if I can go. I ended up not being able to go, so fortunately, I didn't lose out. You know the the work the work always comes first, but so this is kind of like my way of like doing my Dimebag Daryl thing, where I'm I'm going to at least be able to meet Ace. I only met Dimebag for a second. I'll probably only get to meet Ace for a second. He'll sign my record. I'll hopefully get a picture, and that'll be the end of it. But it's kind of like my Dimebag Daryl moment with Ace. Trust me when I say if if he wasn't only strictly signing records. I'd be half tempted to say, dude, sign my chest and then run to a tattoo parlor and have him put it right over me. But he's not signing anything but records. So. I, would, I would I would do it. I'd do it. But I, it doesn't take a lot for me to get something tattooed on me. Well, I know. I'm, um, I'm a little bit more selective. I, I have yeah, my totally next not. tattoo all planned out and ready. I'm going to talk to my artist when the weather gets nice. I, I like to get tattoos in the summer because when you have to put that oily crap on you, I don't like to wear sleeves or short, you know, uh, pant legs over well, it so i don't I got, know where i'm getting spot, it done yet so i have a spot like right you know my right wrist that it's driving me nuts that that's a, just because it's like a big open spot right there where there's tattoos all around it and it drives me nuts so i gotta get something small right there i have that's a just, rule you you don't i do i have a rule that nothing below short sleeve level so i don't like wearing sleeves generally especially to work meaning like i don't like wearing long sleeves and I'm in a very corporate environment, so I don't want to wear long sleeves. So nothing below short sleeve level is is my rule. Um, everything else is fair game. Uh, I plan on getting a bunch more work done this summer. I want to get, first of all, for those of you who don't know, I'm a massive Jason Voorhees fan, and I'm also a hockey goalie. So what my next tattoo is going to be is it's going to be a goalie, but like a zombie, like kind of ripped up goalie with a with his jersey that says Crystal Lake Hockey, and it's going to be Jason's mask. So it's going to be basically Jason Voorhees as a goalie is going to be my next tattoo. Where it is, I have to look at the art. I will let the art dictate the location, uh, and then from there, I want to get a BC Rich Warlock. But we're getting off topic. Point being, you're going to go see Mister Big tomorrow. I'm going to go meet Ace Fraley tomorrow. Oh. We're both doing awesome metal things. We're both going to have a great time, and it and it's just going to be awesome. So, and actually, um, you know what? That reminds me of something too. So, I am seeing, I'm seeing a bunch of concerts in the next too. year, but admittedly, 
I after after the whole, and I'm not going into the story. If you were around when I t- when if you were around listening to the show over the summer, you know it. But um, long I- long story short, I flew to Europe to go to Vakken. It didn't happen because of the weather. Sons of bitches. Anyway, I am not upset, and I've maintained that I'm not upset. He really isn't. I, like, I know I'm really not I, upset, dude. I I ended up I had I had the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. No, I didn't get to go to Vakken, but I got to go party in Dublin. I got to go party. I'll, I got to go party in Europe with two of my closest friends. Um, when I when I couldn't go to the, <laughs> Thanks, the festival. Dick. Yeah, well, hey, I invited you. Um, <laughs> I I said two of, and and and, and you were invited. I was just um, busting your balls. I know, out. I know, I know. You were definitely invited. Um, in oh, fact, you passport. got sick of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got sick of me bugging you to go. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, and hey, instead of not instead of going to to Vakin, I went. Well, what else am I going to do? I hopped a plane. Uh, and literally an hour flight to London, and I saw a bunch of Broadway, well, West End, but you get my point, like, broad- <laughs> it's not Broadway there, it's the West End, but my point is... I'm laughing because you stopped at Broad, and I thought for a second there, I saw a bunch of Broads. Well, I, I yeah, no, God, not, no, no, no not, 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 no, 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 I, 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 just funny, you're like, I saw a bunch of Broad, and I was like, wait, did you just say you saw a bunch of Broads? There are, there are, there are, uh, there are How many times do I have to tell you not to call Broads, or not to call chicks Broads? There there are gorgeous women all over Europe, but none of them are British. That's just Oh, there are some that are British, I'll give you that. No, yeah, and probably not. Um, Dude, dude, you've seen Love Actually. What about Natalie and Love Actually? Yeah, it's because every single one of them left England. (laughs) They're not still there. No, but anyway... I, I had a great time, and I'm really not upset. Um, I, 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 my trip was just a different trip than the one I had planned. It was still awesome. I will remember that trip for the rest of my life. One of the most fun things I've ever done. Um, but that being said, what happened after that was the, the closest thing to it. And this is not a negative in any way, but what I said was, I am not going to go to – I'm not going to make events out of going to concerts. With some exceptions, there are exceptions. I'm not – I'm going to see concerts that come to Syracuse, maybe Rochester, it's two hours away, or Albany. I will, In other words, I will see shows that are in a, a reasonable, easy driving distance. I am not – driving six or seven hours away to see a show, you know, because I've done that. I'm not, I'm, I'm just not doing that, but I reserve the fact that there might be some exceptions. For example, in two weeks, I'm going to see King's X. Clearly I'm a borderline obsessive King's X fan. They don't tour very often. And when they tour, they don't play many shows. Because Doug is in his 70s, Jerry had health problems through the years, and they don't make a lot of money, so they don't tour very much. And I'm like, look, it's like a three and a half hour something. I'm making this up. I'd have to look. But it's like a three and a half hour drive. I'm like, you know what? It's King's X. I'm okay with that. Today I bought tickets. Well, and like like Mr. Big, when I'm seeing him tomorrow, it's half hour from my house. I'm seeing Ace Freely. It's like a half hour from my house. I'm seeing Judas Priest because it's in Syracuse. It's like an hour away. I mean, these are these are all local. But today I bought tickets, 
and it is a three and a half hour drive, which again, I said, I'm not doing this very often, but I am making exceptions. And the exception for this one is I just bought tickets today to go see Symphony X. If you know me, you know I'm a big Symphony X fan. I've seen them multiple times, but it's been a decade since I've done it. Um, I moved. I left Charlotte, North Carolina. I lived there from 2007 to 2013. And the last year or two that I lived there, I saw Symphony X a couple of times. I saw them on the one tour where it was them and Nevermore were doing a co-headlining tour. And then Nevermore broke up. And Symphony X was like, well... That sucks because, you know, the co-headliner didn't exist anymore. So Symphony X, they played this. If you're a Symphony X fan, you'll know how awesome this is. They played the Odyssey. Like, they played the the song The Odyssey because they were like, people bought tickets expecting to be able to see Nevermore. We can't give them Nevermore, but we can do the best we can to try to give them something special. Which, by the way, like, total, total respect for them doing that you know them them being like that clearly that's beyond our control that nevermore broke up but you know and by the way dude it's not like these tickets were expensive they were at small clubs so it's not like you were out 300 bucks but my my point is they were like okay we got to do something special and what did they do they played the odyssey if you don't know what i mean by the odyssey that is their like i'm gonna look up how long it is hold on I'm going to actually give you a time so that I'm not um, just completely speaking out of my ass. Um, the Odyssey is 24 and a half minutes long. It's their 25 minute. It's their 2112. It's their, you know, um, um, change of seasons. It's their 25 minute epic. And they did it on that tour. Like, dude. How cool is that? I saw a Symphony X Iced Earth co-headlining tour. Like that was super cool. But I have not seen Symphony X since because they don't they don't tour very much. Let's be honest, they're not big. Symphony X is not a big band. They play small clubs. They've never been a big band. Sir Russell Allen is way more famous for not being in Symphony X than he is for being in Symphony X. Like, he's way more famous. Well, he's he, he's mostly famous for being in Trans-Siberian Orchestra because he's, he's the singer that all of the people who don't know the, who they are, like, like look, look, Zachary C- Stevens, you know, still sings on the East Coast lineup because, dude, he was the vocalist in Sabotage, but... The crowd likes him. The metalheads in the, in the in the audience are always like super excited that Zachary Stevens is there. The singer that the the rest of the crowd just loves is Russell Allen. Like you you look at any show reviews, look at any videos, the crowd of just non metalheads, just like normal people of all ages that go see Transylvania Orchestra, he's the guy they get excited about. They because he's a very he's like a jazz singer. He's just so good at it. His his personality is huge. He's a big guy, but. His personality's big. He lights up the stage when he plays. He's way more famous for that. He does guest vocals on loads of things. He just does all this stuff. And what's sad is that Symphony X is his main gig. Like, he's way bigger for all the other stuff that he does. But Symphony X is his main band. And um, they're they're just an absolutely incredible band. And uh, 
I think that iconic now, now underworld came out in 2015. I need to revisit it. Cause I remember not getting terribly excited about it, but paradise lost and iconoclast are just, they're just ball shaking start to finish. You know, paradise lost is amazing. And then iconoclast, I think blows it out of the water, which is hard to imagine, but it's that freaking good. The Odyssey's great. It's got songs like um, "Unleash," you know, "Unleash the Fire" on it. I mean, dude, they're they're just a great band, and I'm I'm thinking, dude, I'll drive three hours to see Symphony X, especially considering the fact that Sir Russell Allen's in the band. I will drive for that one. But let's also be fair. I'm driving to Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. I'm driving to a not big place. I'm not making an event out of it. I'm going to get out. I'm going to take a, I'm going to leave work a couple hours early, drive down there, see the show and stay the night at a hotel or just drive home. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm driving a couple hours, but I'm not really making an event out of it. And I point that out because that was really what happened to me after Vakken. I was not upset. I'm still not upset. I really wasn't upset the whole time. I made, I made, why, why would I be upset about like the best, most fun two weeks? You know, it was the most fun I've had since, you know, since we were in our band and we would like go in the recording studio. Like, I mean, it was really fun and I'm glad I did it. It was, it was great, but that's what I learned. Like I spent a year planning a trip and getting ready for the show and I didn't get the show. And I'm like, well, just, I'm just not. I just don't want to plan mega things around seeing a band anymore. So again, most of the ones I'm seeing are local, but a three hour drive to, you know, a, a, not a big place where I can just go in a small club and see Kings X and, or, and then go see symphony X. That's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with doing that. I'm just not making, you know, I'm not making a weekend out of a, I mean, it's different. Like if I'm going to a show in, in Manhattan, cause I'm going up to hang out with you. Like that's a different thing. Um, but like a few years ago, I made a, I made a weekend out of going up to see Iron Maiden and all this junk. And I was like, that's just, that's the stuff I'm not doing anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not taking a five hour train and making a big deal. I'm just not doing it. I've seen. You'll run Dan a train, Mir but you won't take a five hour yeah, train. Well, yeah, of course. I, um, I have seen, and you're like this too. And again, whatever. We're old enough that this is the case. I have seen. So many of the bands that I've ever wanted to see, in way excess of the bands I ever thought I would see, there are not that many bands that I really love that I haven't seen that are still going to tour or play. There's not many left. If I haven't seen them, it's probably because... They don't tour, they're not together, or they've just somehow... Hey... Blind Guardian has somehow escaped me. I've wanted to see Blind Guardian for 25 years. No, more than that. I got I got really into them in high school, but like let's just say 25 years. And I've somehow never seen them. So yeah, I would go see Blind Guardian. But I would probably I'm not going to drive. I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to go super far out of my way. Dude, if they play Albany, they play Syracuse or Rochester, I'll go. Um, but it's just, like I said, that's just, that's just it. I'm just not, I'm not making giant trips out of it, but, um, Kings X and Symphony X, those are two bands that a three hour or whatever drive is totally worth it because 
that'll be. I mean, in fact, I'm looking through my discography. I'm like, are there bands I would really go that far out of my way to see um, anymore? I would have before because, you know, two years ago, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll make a weekend out of it. I'm just like, but even, dude, look at the summer, though. Forget about Vakken. Look at the concert we we made a weekend out of. You, me, and Vinny all made a New York City weekend trip to see Wasp and Armored Saint, and that show got canceled. Yeah, you know. No, no, I mean, and we had a, and, and look, we didn't go to the concert. We had, we went to the city. We had a good time. Same story as Vakken. Didn't get the concert. Went and had a good time. We didn't get we didn't get the Wasp and Armored Saint tour. But here's my point. I booked a train to go to and from New York City, got a hotel room, made a whole like weekend out of it. That's what I'm not going to do anymore for a concert because both times this summer that I made a trip out of a concert, they just they didn't happen. And I'm not upset about it. Dude, I'm not upset that the, I would have loved to have seen Wasp. I'm not upset. Dude, we had a blast. We partied in New York. We partied in New York City. It was great. We had a, we had a blast. Don't regret it at all. That's just the kind of thing I'm not doing, you know, for a concert anymore. Because I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I just don't want to make those plans and have it get canceled. That is not the first. That is not well, the first time, and it will not be the last time that happens. That's why I'm just not making a big. That's why I didn't go to Pantera this past week, yesterday, yeah. because I, I, you know, I, I, I've seen Pantera. I've seen the real Pantera, and I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah, trying to say that in a crappy way. I'm not trying to say that, oh, if some 16-year-old kid saw Pantera, you didn't see Pantera jerk off. No, I'm not saying that. Like, I didn't see them jerk off either, but I don't know whatever you're into. Well, I said, I said that as a noun. You know, oh, I, I didn't see Pantera, you jerk ass. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, I I mentioned Vince Neil coming out, and you're like, well, I, you know, I got to watch Pantera jerk oh, well, off. Unfortunately, you have seen Pantera jerk off because you've seen Vulgar Video. Uh, uh, that is that is, you know what? You're 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 not wrong there. Um, you're definitely not wrong there. So where are my clothes? <laughs> where are my clothes? Um, no, but. I, Point being, like, look, I'm not trying to say that in a jerky way, but I saw Pantera in 98. I saw them again in 1999 or 2000. I can't remember which. Um, maybe even 2001. I don't remember. And I, I also saw them with Black Sabbath. I, I saw that tour, too. Yeah, I, I missed that. And it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I for me, it was like, again, I was I got late. I get out of work late, and I'm like, I could go. But you know what? I've, I've, I've seen it. You know what I mean? Like. I love Charlie, I love Zach, and it probably would have been great, and it probably would have been fun, but like you said, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, like, okay, I've seen it. Um, now, I still love going to shows, but I, I think what I'm over is not going to shows. I think I'm over the big stadium stuff. Well, the big, I like, don't, arena yeah, I, dude, I'm stuff. Not, I, I've never, well, I shouldn't say I've never. I quit, when I moved to Charlotte and was able to see bands play smaller clubs, because, dude, when we lived in Pennsylvania, like, I... That's all you could see was arena shows. Right, because by the time I was 21 to be able to, you know, by the time I was 21, I was I moved, you know. It, um... In Charlotte... Well, dude, I mean, look at New York City, right? Like, like a place like St. Vitus, which I know there's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on with them right Actually, now. Actually, Brooklyn you, something or other is where all the bands, every weekend they have an incredible show. And if I could get right. out to Brooklyn but, easily, I would. And, and But look at, I mean, it's not a big place. 
but bands play there. In Charlotte, there was a couple of places where a band like Iced Earth, a band like Symphony X, I mean, a whole bunch of bands that I, Anthrax, I saw Anthrax in a small club, like a really small club there. I saw Anthrax and Exodus with Municipal Waste and um, Shadows Fall and a couple other bands, and it was a small club. There was a couple hundred people there. Dude, the Brooklyn Monarch has, on April 6th, which I'm going to go, I, I don't care, I'm going, is Violence, Ex Hoarder, Deceased, and Mortal Wound. Like, I would go just for Deceased, but seeing Ex Hoarder and Violence is awesome. Like, right. that, and that's the thing, that's, that's the point. And not only that, it's 30 bucks. Like out yeah. the door, like out the door, and you're 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 not watching this band from a hundred yards away, where you have to be like, is that Phil Anselmo or an ant? I mean, like, I think that I, I think I, that's what it is. It's I'm over arena shows, and, and you know that's the thing. Like a lot of people here, and I'm I'm an older dude, you know, and when I say older, I'm like I'm not old, but I'm older. Like I'm you know approaching middle age, so. A lot of people, when Metallica came through and they played the MetLife Stadium recently, a lot of people went. Why? Because it was Metallica. It was the thing to do. And almost everybody I've talked to said, yeah, I couldn't even really see what was going on. Because unless you bought the $1,000 pit seats, you're so far away from the stage, you're like, what the hell's going on? And you end up watching it on TV anyways. You know, the... the I now I will say this like like Iron Maiden was a stadium show I went to, I was you know a few years ago I was well, on the floor. It was an arena show though, right? Yeah. Oh no, not stadium shows. I I don't go to. Yeah, even arena shows though I I'm not. Well, yeah, because when I went it was at the Prudential Center, but like I will say this, I don't even like. I don't even necessarily generally like arena shows because I I still feel those are very much. There's a band and, the, you know, like the band crowd connects, like you're sitting in a seat. Um, but I do. But I, like, I'll say this, like I will see Trans-Siberian Orchestra every year because it doesn't matter where you sit. It's such a huge show. That's different, such, though. Right. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I'm, I, I will see that. But even... But they put on a stage cir- production, not just a concert, though. Oh yeah, what well, no, no, dude? It's 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 hardly a concert. It is a concert, but it's not. But that's that's my point. I'm saying like, I don't even like to go to arena shows very often. There's a few I'll see, you know. Now I will always love amphitheater shows. I love amphitheater shows. I do. Yeah, outdoor well, that's concerts too. Are, outdoor concerts are. Among the most, they're actually. I mean, I will say, all things considered, amphitheater shows are the most fun. They just are. Amphitheater shows are amazing. Whether or not you're on the lawn, whether or not wherever you're doing, I mean, the lawns, the lawn is where to be unless the weather sucks, which I get that too. But like, I'm you know, I'm going to see Judas Priest and Sa- that's the only amphitheater show I have tickets for, by the way, so far. I'm going, I'm going to, to see. see Judas, I'm I'm going to I'm see, going to see uh, Priest and Sabaton. I'm going to see. I'll see. I'm seeing them at the Prudential Center, but I've got. But the thing is, I got floor seats, and I got floor seats for like less than Pantera was charging for nosebleeds. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I I got the my um my my uh, Judas Priest. I mean, I got lawn seats that were like thirty bucks. And I'm, you know I'm I mean? seeing. It's, I'm it's seeing. Great. I'm seeing Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Filter, and Ministry at at, at, a, at, yeah. a, at an amphitheater. Are you going to take a picture? Uh, yeah, very funny. No, I I, I might. Uh, <laughs> He's a funny guy. I will tell him it's a head. Hey man, I nice shot, but um, 
you know. Um, but no, like, like I, I don't know. But anyway, my my all I was getting at with that entire that entire uh, speech was, um, I I'm actually seeing a bunch of shows this year. I'm just being real casual about not making events out of it. You know, I'm just not. I'm just not because, like, like for example, I'm going to see I'm going to see King's X in two weeks. I haven't booked a hotel. It's just I'm not going anywhere big. I'm going to a smaller place. Frankly, I might just get a hotel halfway. I mean, I might drive an hour and get a hotel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not making this big event out of it. I'll I'll go. I'll grab a bite to eat. I'll see a show. I'll crash. I'll get a hotel room somewhere. I'll wake up the next morning and drive home. And I'm not going to make a big. I'm going to have a blast at the show and not make a big deal out of it. Um, Armored Saint. I'm going to. I think. I think Rochester. Um, I'd have to look. Um, yeah, like like let me see. I'm seeing like I said, Mr. Big tomorrow. It's really close to my house. Kings X. I'm driving. Joey Belladonna. I'm seeing. His Beyond Frontiers, and I'm literally seeing him at a casino 20 minutes from where I live. Ace Freely, again, half an hour away. Armored Saint, I believe, is in Rochester. That's a two-hour drive. Like, you and I, I've gone to Rochester just to go to the vinyl store. You know what I mean? Like, you and I have both gone to the record store there. It's awesome. The Record Archive, I think it's called. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to Priest. the summer. It's yeah. in Syracuse. It's an hour away. Um, those, are, I mean, and then Symphony X is the other one I have to drive for. But there's only two I'm driving for. And he, and the two I'm driving for aren't like I have to make a huge road trip or it's just a it's a couple hour drive. I'll get a hotel, I'll come home. It's 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 cool, it's chill. And you know, both of those like I'm not gonna leave Symphony X. I mean, dude, they're a they're a prog band. I'm not gonna there's not gonna be karate in the pit at Symphony X. King's X, yeah, really not. Really, really. King's X are people that are all going to just stand there, you know, drooling because King's X fans are crazy. Um, they're, they're, cra- they're just obsessive fans, but they're not – they're geeks, man. <laughs> King's X is not a band that you're going to find a mosh pit at. So, you know what I mean? I'm going to be able to see the show and be like, ah, it was cool. Let's go grab a burger, and I'll drive home in the morning. That's, that, that's it. I, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about all of them, you know, and it, it, it takes a little bit of the – I guess that that's just it for me as I've gotten old. And again, dude, I'm I'm the same way. You know, I I've gotten older and it's like I still love going to a con- going to concerts. I just I, don't want to I don't want to have to make this big I don't want to make this big trip or the I just want to go see the show and go home. See, it's not and even if that, that means for I have me. to crash and go home the next morning, fine, but I just want to see the show and go home. It, it's not even that for me. It's it's I'm kind of done kind of seeing bands. Like well, that's for 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 me, it's like I'm done seeing bands that I'm in the same room as. Meaning, and, and obviously that applies to any show. But what I mean by that is, so I'll go see a band in an arena. Like I'm going to see Priest in an arena. I'm going to see him at the Prudential Center in Jersey. Whatever. But I've also got floor seats. What what I don't want to do, and, and I paid a good, you know, I, I paid a fair, recent, reasonable price for him. And you know, Ticketmaster crap aside, you know. I, I I didn't go see Iron Maiden. I'm not going to see Iron Maiden. Why am I not going to see Iron Maiden? Because I don't want to pay $160 to kind of wonder, is that Bruce Dickinson I'm looking at? I kind of can't tell from here. I don't want to have to bring pay $160 for tickets, and I have to bring binoculars to figure out what's going well, on. And it was the same thing for me. Like If I want to go see Iron Maiden, it means 
I have to get on a train, go to, you know what I mean? And like, it's just, it's a huge damn ordeal where I have to like dedicate a weekend. I don't, I, I'm, so I'm with, I'm with you on both, well, and, on and, both levels. Plus I've but, seen Iron Maiden like seven times or six. Well, or and, and for me, it's like, for me, it's like, I'd rather at this point in my life, go to a bar, go to a club and experience a band rather than sitting in a hard plastic seat 75 feet in there, 100 feet in the air, looking down at a stage. Like, you know, like, I I, I guess for some bands I do that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, again, I'm going to do it for Priest. I've seen Priest already. Well, what about, like, I you saw for the, the Misfits not long ago, right? I did, I, mean, it, I did it for the Misfits, but the original Misfits, like, I, but, but again, again, though, tickets weren't prohibitively special, expensive. You know what I mean? It was also a special thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the, the, the original Misfits lineup aren't, I mean, dude, look at like like look at Metallica. Look, oh well, I got to do that for Metallica. Metallica has been touring nonstop for forty years. They've never Metallica has never not been on tour. Well, for a while after the Black Album, but <laughs> well, I mean, even still, hardly then. They took a year or two off, and then Load came out. You know what I mean? Like it's not. But I mean, because dude, they 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 played they played Woodstock '94. Load came out like a year later. But what what I'm getting at is, it's like. Like Iron Maiden, it's like, dude, I've seen them six times. This is not this is not as if they just got back together. Like, like, let me let me give you a, a different example. I have seen them already, so I'm not gonna do this. But ACDC, well, their their days are numbered. They haven't toured in years, and that tour was the first they had done in a very long time. So it's like, okay. And, and they're planning a tour now. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. ACDC is a band that would be like, well, I, I would I would maybe make a weekend out of that. But, but again, chances are that show won't get canceled. It, it won't get canceled. And dude, Brian Johnson could literally be like, they could have to wheel him out in a wheelchair. Well, and it won't get canceled. They literally wheeled Axl Rose out in a wheelchair. <laughs> To do it wet, you know what I mean? Like yeah. literally to make sure they didn't cancel a tour. Broken leg, Axl Rose. By the way, Axl sounded really good. You I'm know what's gonna... funny? I I gotta be I honest with you. Axl Rose didn't make sense to me until I tried to do the vocals for an ACDC song, and I tried to do Brian Johnson. And every time I tried to do Brian Johnson, I sounded like Axl Rose. And then it clicked for me. Holy crap! They do a similar style of vocals, but because they were in two such different bands, it never dawned on me that Axl Rose is actually the perfect substitute for Brian Johnson. Yeah, what's funny is if you I know people are like, oh, it's garbage. Dude, watch videos of, of him with with ACDC. It actually it sounds it sounds pretty good. Uh, I, I gotta say I thought it sounded pretty good. But I didn't see it live. But anyway, my point is, is like, okay. Well, I would I would maybe do it for ACDC, but I don't even know if I don't even know if I will. Well, if tickets are like six hundred dollars, forget it. No, no, I won't. I, I won't either because you know what? I saw ACDC on my eighteenth birthday, and there's always like like everyone always says, if you've seen ACDC once, you've seen ACDC. You don't ever need to see them again because whatever tour you saw them on, it's the same show with a couple extra songs this time but otherwise it's gonna be the same exact show you've almost seen. now now dude i have an acdc tattoo i'm a huge acdc fan 
what I mean, though, is ACDC's entire gimmick is they've never changed. <laughs> you know? Like, it, it's not and Even as, when they had, they didn't. It's not like Iron Maiden where every tour is purposely extremely different from the last one. Where every tour, 75% of the set are songs they haven't played in seven tours. It's ACDC. I'm not saying there's not a couple of songs that might be different, but the whole show is going to be exactly the same as what we saw when we went in high school. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Be, you know, the it's going to be all that different is all I'm getting at. Um, but And, and I mean, the funny yeah. thing is the albums they've released since, like Black Ice and Rocker Bust, eh, Power Up, I did like Power Up, but like Rocker Bust, and I'm not saying those are bad albums, they were just kind of standard albums. Well, you know why you liked Power Up? Because uh, Phil Rudd was on it. Well, yeah, there you go. No, but let's be completely honest. Yeah. You're like, well, it was the original album- band except for Malcolm. Right, but here, the thing is, well, I know. I guess he was on. Rock, I'm looking. He was on Rocker Bus too. I guess. So I was. And and honestly, on. I'll be honest with you. I haven't listened to Rocker Bust since it came out. Right. Like the and, and, like so that was you know going back to our original topic. That was another band I was going to mention. As far you know, w- you mentioned Bon Scott ACDC albums. I think which is kind of what tore us down this road. I'll be honest with you. The thing about ACDC. I'm missing four of their albums to have all of their albums, and I already have plans. I'm just going to buy all four of their albums I'm missing. Fly on the Wall and Flick of the Switch, I don't care about owning from the standpoint of I have Who Made Who, so who cares? I have all the good songs off Fly on the Wall and Flick of the Switch. I bought it in high school, and I was just as unimpressed back then as I am now, but I kind of wanted to go ahead. I actually recently got Flick of the Switch on vinyl, but the reason I got it was I was at a record store and they had an OG copy and it wasn't expensive and yeah. I went, well that's cool. I you know like like it's ACDC. I'll, I'll it doesn't suck. I I, I you know I've um, passed that album up at ten dollars or less so many times. It's nothing funny. Well, I, like I said, I, I saw it for ten or twelve bucks or whatever, and it was a and it was an OG copy for me. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. You know, I'll I'll get it. It's ACDC. It's it's not as if I. It's better than well, it's not better than, but. It, it's no worse than uh, for those about to rock, we salute you. Except for those about to rock, we salute you has the title track. Um, you know, actually, I'll be honest with you. Too. I I gave for those about to rock a few years ago. I gave it another listen. It's not as bad as I remember. And I think what it was was the fact that the title track is at the end of the album, and you listen to the album wanting the title track. Like well, I feel like if they kicked it off with the title track, people would feel better about that album. It's one of those albums that every time I listen to it, I go. This is not as bad as I remembered, but it's also you just want the title track. It's also still not great. You know what I mean? Like it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no but Flick bad of the Switch isn't a bad album. album. It's just one I don't want to listen like, to. Like Flick of the Switch will always be at the bottom for me. And 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 Fly in the Wall will be right behind it. Black Ice and Rocker Buster with those two albums where it's just kind of like I don't think they you suck. They're just kind of like there's nothing those will, four I albums. Say- I, I will say this. Rocker Bust and Black Ice there's nothing special there. Flick of the Switch falls into that too in terms of it doesn't suck, but there's nothing special there. Fly on the Wall at least has Sink the Pink and Shake Your Foundations. Shake Your Foundations. So it, it's got that. But every album except those four, which is the four that I'm missing, has something else to offer, including, yes, I, I know Blow Up Your Video is probably also fits into that category with, with Heat Seeker being like the main track. Everything else is kind of like, eh. But and I, and I know for you, you'd put probably 
uh, uh, Dirty Deeds right after that, whereas I'd put it a little higher. But I don't, yeah, Dirty Deeds to me, I just don't like as an album. I just really don't. See, I, um, I do. I, I like I like but, uh, Ride On. I like. I mean, I like. But that. I I'm also in. But hey, dude, we've talked. And again, I don't want to I don't want to break into ACDC too much because I know we might want to do an episode about it. But I also remember when we talked about ACDC not long ago, and. I found out that on every published ranking of ACDC albums, Ball Breaker is listed last. And that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Because I'm sorry, I, Ball Breaker is my favorite Brian Johnson album. And it's a... And, and I wouldn't go as far as saying it's my favorite, it but is, it's, it's definitely absolutely up my there. favorite. It, it, Razor's well, Edge is probably my favorite. Yeah, it, it's... No, you know what? I, I hate to say it. Between Ball Breaker and Razor's Edge, it's such a... Dude, it's such a damn toss-up. Um, Ball Breaker is the one I don't know, dude. They're they're those two out. They're flawless albums, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so th- those are easy. My I, one I and don't, two. And look, I, I, I don't know, understand I, how anyone, anyone in their right mind could rank Ball Breaker below Flick of the Switch in the very least. Dude, dude. I mean, like, like let, let's be fair, right? Ball Breaker. What I love about the album, it's like the Razor's Edge. It's a deep album where it's not an album where there's a single on it and filler. It's not. Ball Breaker and Razor's Edge are great start to finish. They're just they're 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 like a back in black where they're just every track is a banger. It's not just you know some of their albums, look, we talked about it. They have one or two great songs and the rest are just kind of like eh. Ball Breaker is is crazy deep. That being said, Hard as a Rock uh, that alone, you would think that that single would 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 keep it off of being the bottom of the list. But whatever, all uh, hail just probably all pissy hail Rick Rubin Caesar, did it. dude. Hail Caesar hail. is the best song in the album, um, dude. You know, you know, I'll, I'll be honest actually, with you. It's, it's, I don't even know about that. They're all good. Power up. You know what did it for me with power up? The backup vocals being back of the ah. Uh, the yeah, thing that, the thing that's always defined ACDC for me were always those gritty backup vocals. Yeah, those are fun. You know, because they they were always just ah yeah, like the, know, the 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 Malcolm backup vocals and all, yeah, yeah, that's just awesome. Like you know, like that oi 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 or the TNT. You know, like those backup vocals. That was so. I think what what did it for me for Power Up was when I listened to it recently. I got the vinyl. I listened to it recently, and I'm like, there it is. Like. That's something pulled me back in, and that pulled me back into the record to like the rest of it. So I, I don't know either way. Well, and, and, and you, to me, to your point, we don't want to go too much on ACDC. No, 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 I don't either. But the other thing about Ball Breaker, though, and I, I want to stop too, is dude, that, that that the album. I don't know how the hell Rick Rubin got that album to be as raw and heavy as balls, but polished all to say I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about that another day. Um, and actually, we're about to hit the two hour mark, and my ability to sit in this damn ass cold basement is. Is, it's uh, okay. I I gotta pay. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, being cold. I, I'm about to fill up to... these bottles. These empty bottles. Yeah. I almost killed ass sixer. Yeah, I gotta say this too. But also, uh, sitting downstairs in the cold makes me have to pee as well. So, anyway, well, like hey, we got some great ideas. Turtle. Some, we've got a uh, uh, some great ideas for some upcoming episodes. Maybe we'll start doing not discographies, not career retrospectives, but groupings of bands albums again like maybe we just do we do that five pantera albums or we do 
an era, you know, just the Bon Scott albums or just the Brian Johnson albums or whatever. We'll figure something out. But those are some great ideas. And uh, sometimes we don't have today. We didn't have any idea what we we're going to talk about. And that just kind of ended up what we did. But um, that might give us an idea, something to talk about for a while. Not to say we remember, but if we remember, that's a good idea. So anyway, uh, don't forget, get a hold of us on uh, Facebook or Instagram. We are not on X. So Which reminds bother. me, there was, I think, a message for you on our Instagram. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, but anyway, uh, get a hold of us there. If there is a band that you know that we like and you know we talk about, meaning we can't do it if it's not a – and you know if you listen to the show the bands we regularly talk about. If there is one you would particularly like us to do, let us know. That would be fun because it just saves us having to pick one. Um, so get a hold of us. Let us know if you have any ideas. And um, otherwise, it is about time that we make like a tree and get out of here. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Anchor. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff.